Tuesday, the 21st of November, as we edge closer and closer to Thanksgiving. Uh, let's pray an act of love in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Oh my God, I love you above all things with my whole heart and soul because you are all good and worthy of all love. I love my neighbor as myself for love of you. I forgive all who have injured me and I ask pardon of all whom I have injured. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. It is a better way to start a Tuesday. It's the Feast of the Presentation of Mary. We'll have some stuff to say about that as the morning continues. I'm Matt Swain. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. We've also got Travis running the video stream in case you want to see what we look like two days before Thanksgiving. That's in the show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com, and you can even join the chat on the YouTubes. Up this hour, Father Boniface Hicks has more thoughts on personal prayer. He's, of course, a Benedictine monk. Marlon de la Torre will join us from the Diocese of Columbus. We'll talk to Chris Frank from the Eucharistic Congress about how they've sort of dropped some prices and uh, built some scholarships to help families do what they can to actually attend the Eucharistic Congress. So uh, I, I guess you reached out to them and they heard you. So they've got some cool opportunities that will hopefully make it a little bit easier on families to attend. And then Danielle Bean will be along as well, get her pre-Thanksgiving thoughts. Two minutes passed. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. Pope Francis has penned a letter expressing deep reservations about the direction of the Catholic Church in Germany, saying that their so-called synodal way is threatening to undermine the unity of the church. The Catholic News Agency reports the Holy Father made the assertions in a letter to four German Catholic laywomen, which was published in the German newspaper Welt today. He said, quote, I, too, share concerns about the numerous concrete steps that large parts of this local church are now taking that threaten to move further and further away from the common path of the universal church, end quote. The White House is working to secure the release of hostages held by Hamas in Gaza. National Security Spokesman, National Security Council Spokesman John Kirby, however, told reporters that more work needs to be done to broker a deal between Israel and Hamas. This comes amid news reports negotiators are nearing a deal to release some of the hostages taken during the October 7th attack on Israel. President Biden also told reporters yesterday he believes a deal is close. More than 200 people were taken hostage by Hamas last month. The newly appointed Archbishop of Holmes, Syria, Julian Morad, has said that a two-state solution is the only way toward a just and sustainable peace in the entire region. From Vatican Radio, Lisa Zingarini reports. In his comment on the dramatic events of the past five weeks, Archbishop Morad didn't mince his words. If you want to see hell, you have to come to Lebanon, Syria, and now especially to the Holy Land, he said. 
the Syrian archbishop, who became internationally known in 2015 when he was kidnapped by the Islamic State in Syria, decried the ongoing carnage of civilians in Gaza as well as the killings and the violent abductions of hostages perpetrated by Hamas in Israel. He emphasized that evil cannot be eradicated by evil. We were shocked and distressed to see bombs drop on hospitals in Homs and Aleppo in Syria. Today, it is happening again in Gaza, he said. Archbishop Murad insisted on the two-state solution advocated by many, as both Israelis and Palestinians, he said, have a right to have a state of their own. Archbishop Murad further noted that Palestinians are victims of violence not only from the Israeli army, but also from other countries, including Arab countries that have their own political agendas. If the world tolerates and justifies this, it confirms injustice and takes away hope, he said, warning that this unresolved question concerns the entire globe. We will be asked to account for the future of the world with all the consequences of war in terms of mass migration, refugees and depletion of vital resources such as water, he said. I am Lisa Zengarini. Former First Lady Rosalind Carter will be laid to rest next week. She passed away at the age of 96 Sunday afternoon after being diagnosed with dementia back in March. The Carter Center announced ceremonies celebrating the life of Rosalind Carter will be, starting, will be held starting November 27th in Georgia. The public will be able to pay their respects. She lies in repose at the Jimmy Carter Presidential Library and Museum in Atlanta that night. A private funeral service will be held November 29th at the Carter family residence in Plains, Georgia. A new poll shows Donald Trump is holding a slight lead over President Biden in the race for the White House. Mark Mayfield has more. The Harvard Caps Harris poll shows Trump receiving 48% support among respondents compared to Biden's 41%. 11% of respondents said they were unsure who to vote for. Trump gained two percentage points since a similar survey conducted in October. Recent polls have shown Trump outperforming Biden in a handful of the critical battleground states. I'm Mark Mayfield. The federal government is investigating an oil spill off the coast of Louisiana. An underwater pipeline may have sent more than a million gallons of oil into the Gulf of Mexico. The Third Coast Midstream Pipeline reported a slick Three to four miles wide late last week, about 19 miles offshore with the Coast Guard confirming that yesterday. The pipeline has been shut down and several agencies are looking for the source of the leak. And the Philadelphia Eagles stormed back from a 10-point halftime deficit to defeat the Kansas City Chiefs at 21-17 Monday night football at Arrowhead Stadium. The Eagles have won four straight and sit atop the NFC at 9-1. The Chiefs have lost two of their last three games, but still remain atop the AFC West at seven and three. You know, since you mentioned Eagles, well, first of all, I don't have anything to say about. Oh, Monday I was going to ask. If, well, I was going to ask if you thought maybe this is because Taylor's not there. I wouldn't know. You don't know. You don't know. Oh, okay. I mean, Zach Taylor, head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. No, is that what you meant? Wrong Taylor. Wrong Taylor. Oh well. Different Taylor on a world tour right now. There you go. I'm. I'm. Oh, is that why Travis? I tell you is what. Out? You know. Oh, is Travis here? <laughs>
All I was going to say, I was going to say, I think listeners probably think I'm this huge Swifty. No, you're just mocking it every single time. I mean, trying to don't get, get me wrong. Like, I definitely I enjoy. Ago, Anna Mitchell, never make fun of famous people because you don't know if you might accidentally meet them, and then you have to answer oh, what you said about. I got them. to meet Taylor Swift. I have met Taylor, so cool. but I've met some people that I've said some things about that I've been embarrassed to have said. Yeah? Mm. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Please don't read any tweets of mine that I might have made about something that you did that I was confused by. It's a good it's a good point, Matt. You never know. Good when lesson, you meet kiddos. Good lesson. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Father Boniface Hicks, and he is the author of a book called Personal Prayer. And it is a great handy guide to kind of really get the landscape of Christian prayer. Father, good morning. Good morning, Matt. Great to be with you. So I don't know exactly how uh, I process this. I mean, I sort of know a little bit about how I process this as an evangelical Christian. Um, but this question of praying without ceasing, it's a scriptural principle to pray without ceasing, but some of us got to get our kids ready for school. <laughs> you know, some of us have to, you know, wash dishes. Some of us have to sleep at certain points. You probably do this better than most because it's built into your schedule in ways that's not built into other people's schedule. But how in the world does a Christian pray without ceasing? <laughs> well, you certainly have to understand that uh, prayer is is more than just a mental prayer saying words. You know, or the, uh, the catechism has a really helpful division of the three kinds of, of prayer, uh, vocal prayer, meditation, and contemplation. And then it notes under uh, the, the sort of mosaic description of contemplation that, uh, that this is the kind of uh, prayer that we can do all the time. And then we, lo- we learn that, that prayer, uh, St. Francis de Sales is also helpful with this. He talks about contemplation or contemplative prayer being a loving awareness of God's presence. And Augustine talks about it in terms of desire. And so we have to move away from uh, an understanding of prayer, which is an active effort of the will, uh, and or actively thinking or saying something, to understanding the, the loving awareness. So one can have an awareness of things happening in a room, in their house, in their vicinity, while still thinking about something else. So you could be getting your kids ready for school and also be aware that Jesus is in your house. Or we can have a desire for someone, for something, at the same time that we're carrying out some other kind of action or thinking about something else. I have that uh, desire for pizza, and I'm fully engaged in my homework at the moment. Um, that's a little bit crass. Uh, <laughs> Jesus is much greater than pizza. But anyway, we can uh, I'm going to clip that. For... We're going to save that sound bite for later. Jesus is much greater than pizza. <laughs> Paul, make a note of that in the time code. You heard it from a real monk. So there you go. <laughs> so well, we can have a, a desire to uh, for, for something beautiful to happen later in the day, and yet we're fully engaged in the thing that we're doing now. And, and so through awareness, through desire, um, and then as we, we talk about in the book, also through vulnerability, having a real openness of heart. I can be undefended, transparent. My heart can be on the surface, we might say, and so... I'm really open in my relationship with the Lord, and that makes it possible for me to vibrate at the Spirit's touch 
which is an expression that John Paul II used in one of his letters uh, describing the intimacy of uh, that we can have in prayer as we grow in our, our relationship with God. So those are some ways to just uh, separate out the idea of prayer from an active thinking, doing, which is also important, of course, but it's the, it's the way that love also has a way of, of permeating. Love is expressed in certain actions. We have to tell our beloved and work for our beloved, but we also can continue loving even beyond those actions. Well, it's interesting uh, because we did sort of try and get at the edges of this. Uh, and I heard preaching on this idea of practicing the presence of God, and I heard that it came from uh, the thought of this guy named Brother Lawrence, which didn't mean much to me because, you know, uh, at prayer meetings, you know, Brother Steve would lead the singing and Brother, uh, you know, Dan would lead the prayer. And, like, we just called people brother. I did not know that Brother Lawrence was actually a a Carmelite lay brother <laughs> in a Catholic monastery <laughs> in the 17th century. Uh, and so I didn't understand that that's the kind of framework that he was coming from, and that he was coming from really ultimately a sacramental worldview. Uh, and I think that that helps put a lot of it together, because if we know that God works through the sacraments in unique and specific ways, through the Eucharist, through baptism, through confession, to me that at least opens an avenue to see him and and look for him everywhere through other things that are not as grace-filled in the same unique way as the sacraments, but still, because they are made by God, uh, that I can still make some sort of connection and, a, and have an awareness, like a more consistent awareness. I, I'm not saying I'm good at it, but it helps me. Yeah, the, it helps us to tune into what is sometimes called the sacrament of the present moment. Uh, the, uh, and as you say uh, very beautifully, that the, the whole world begins to communicate God to us in, in various ways. And so we can become aware of him in the present moment, that we can become aware of him through so many other gestures and signs of, of things around us. So what would you say to somebody who would love to try and do a better job of this today but doesn't know where to begin? <laughs> what would be like some, like maybe one practical thing for them to remember as they head out into the world today and want to figure out, like, how can I, how can I get at this concept of prayer without ceasing? Yeah, I think uh, what you just described is a great starting point, just becoming aware of Jesus in the present moment, uh, that he is with me. And recollecting myself, gathering myself together, and just making an, an act of awareness of, of God's loving presence with me, whatever I'm doing. You're driving in the car, he's sitting in the, the seat next to you. You're walking down the street, he's walking right next to you. He's, everything you're doing, he is with you. And as we do that actively, over, a, over uh, some time, it starts to become uh, habitual. It starts to become part of us. Well, you know, I... Uh... I see those bumper stickers every now and then. You mentioned God in the car with you. I see the bumper stickers that say, God is my co-pilot. And, you know, I often think, if God is your co-pilot, you should switch seats. But not in your actual car. <laughs> like, that would be a bad uh, That's right. would be a bad move. Bad move. You guys going to do anything good at the monastery there in uh, Pennsylvania for Thanksgiving? Well, we have a, we have a big celebration. We'll have about 100 monks. So I'm always one of the servers for that, which I love to do. So we have about 100 monks and a dozen turkeys. And, uh, yeah, it's a really it's a peaceful day. We have a nice evening tonight, even. Uh, 
with the uh, just gathering together to, to celebrate. It's, uh, a lot of the other people go home, and so it's just the monks here. Normally, this is a pretty busy place, so it's a nice time for us to be together. Well, I mean, 100 monks and a dozen turkeys doesn't sound that quiet to me, but uh, <laughs> sounds like a great party. You have a wonderful Thanksgiving, Father Boniface. We'll talk to you soon. You too, Matt. Thanks. All right, 16 past. We're back with headlines right after this. Support is for MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. He is honored by the church as a saint and theologian with the title of universal doctor. Matthew Bunsen and the doctors of the church. St. Albert the Great was a Dominican theologian, scientist, and teacher of whom it was said that he knew the sum total of human knowledge in his time. He also helped shape the even more brilliant St. Thomas Aquinas, the angelic doctor. Albert died in 1280 and was named a doctor of the church in 1931. To find out more, visit EWTN.com and click on Catholicism. 18 past. Here's Anna with headlines. Pope Francis has penned a letter expressing deep reservations about the direction of the Catholic Church in Germany and their so-called synodal way. The Franciscans who care for the holy sites in the Holy Land are appealing to the faithful to force support so they can support Christians in the Holy Land. And an appeals court has struck down a provision of the Voting Rights Act. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Did you hear that? A hundred monks and a dozen turkeys. A hundred monks and a dozen turkeys. Actually, considering that they are dead (laughs) turkeys, I have a feeling it is actually quite quiet. I mean, if the turkeys were alive, that would be one thing. But monks know how to be silent. Well, it's true. Well, but so does your whole family once the food goes out. You know, once everybody's got their plates, it yeah, does get, That's the fastest way. Actually, that the fast. there's two fastest ways to quiet down people at a meal. Um, Make the sign of the cross. That was That's the first one. Yeah. Is if you're in a room full of noisy people, and uh, this doesn't work for me and my uh, Protestant family, so I can't just stand up in a room full of Protestants in Tennessee this week and just be like, in the name of the Like, it won't work. Actually, I would really, really love for you to try that. You want me to try I... that? 
<laughs> Actually, the funniest thing, the funniest way that because they would me, all look at you stunned, like, "What are you?" I don't talk doing? about my family much, even though I they probably don't listen. I don't want to do too much embarrassing, but one relative, and I won't say her name or my connection to her. My family tends to hold hands while they pray, and uh, of course. You know, they don't do anything with their hands at the beginning and end of prayers. Oh, right, right, right. At the right. end, they, well, they do like the hand squeeze sometimes at the end. Oh, neat. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> one person was standing next to me, and nobody asks me about Catholicism. Like, right, nobody does. Right. It I just, mean, it's just awkward. Got it. Right. Yeah. And so this person says to me in a lovely Tennessee accent, oh, honey, do you need your hand? We just, like she's, you know, was At not ready all, to grab my hand yet. Like, so oh, do you want to? Sweet. You can't get. I was like, oh, well, thank How you for thinking of me. How polite of her to recognize. And I just responded, no, don't worry about it. When not in Rome, do as the non-Romans. If you're planning to give an end-of-the-year gift to Sacred Heart Radio, we are grateful. And there are several ways to give, including a stock gift through your IRA or a donor-advised fund. There's planned giving, employee matching funds. You can send a check, donate online, and more. Contact your financial advisor for more information on the tax benefits of donating to Sacred Heart Radio. And to see and read about all the ways to give, visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Ways to Give. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Stegman Landscape. Serving the tri-state since 1979, Stegman Landscape can create a picture-perfect landscape all year long. From design, installation, and maintenance to retaining walls, patios, and outdoor fireplaces to enjoy any season, Stegman Landscape can do it all. Stegman Landscape, making the world more beautiful one yard at a time. 859-781-1562 and online at stegmanlandscape.com. When you donate your car to St. Vincent de Paul of Cincinnati, you are showing your care by making it a vehicle for hope to transform lives. Your donation of a car, truck, or RV helps provide basic needs to struggling neighbors, and they'll pick it up for free. Find out more at 421care.org. Young adults, have you thought about God's calling for your life? We invite you to consider consecrating your life to God as a member of the Catholic Corps. Dedicate your life to prayer and enjoy living in community with like-minded Catholics. Support families through helping host events and spreading the message of total consecration to Jesus through Mary in union with St. Joseph. Visit the Catholic Corps Consecrated Communities for one week this spring and fall. Sign up today at afc.org cc. You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway in Park Hills. On the web at fortmitchellgarage.com. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined out by Marlon De La Torre, who is preparing for a very large event in his household this week. And no, I'm not talking about the Thanksgiving feast. I'm talking about the Ohio State-Michigan game. But Marlon, how are you? Good morning, Matt, and definitely go Bucks. <laughs> so uh, I, I won't ask you about your Ohio State-Michigan like appetizer it's, game, but do you have any quiet. actual Thanksgiving Day responsibilities in the kitchen? I know you got a house full of kids. I hope some of them get to come home. They do, yeah. We've got three coming home from college, and then a, a nine-year-old still at home. But uh, – my, I, I'm simply conductor this time, so they they, they handle all the the necessary things uh, in the kitchen. I'll I'll be doing the handyman work in the garage and outside. There you go, and hopefully we'll clean up. If you uh, right. if you don't cook, 
you got to at least uh, at least deal with cleanup. Absolutely. But, so we're going to be racing towards Advent. I mean, it's it's a blur yeah, it's of a liturgical year, but we can't mm-hmm. get to Advent before we get to the we can't start the new liturgical year until we end the current one, and mm-hmm. that ends with Christ the King. And you've been thinking yeah. about you know this question of Christ as King. What have you been yeah. reflecting on? You know, it, there, there's a, there's a sense of relevance when you look at Christ and his various titles, Messiah, Lord, King. And with the pending uh, advent of, of Christ the King in preparation for advent, uh, there, there's a couple of things that we reflect on as we dive into this season. One is the fact that there, there's relevance in what we do. Uh, if we place our focus and trust in Him, there's a filial trust, and what I mean by that is just a, a gentle reminder or surrender that that God is good, and that in His goodness He gave us His Son Jesus Christ, and our Lord really manifests that goodness because He acts and is uh, Word made flesh, King. And what I mean by that is uh, we're, we're taught to understand that our, our Lord has sovereignty over us in a beautiful way, and that uh, our Lord and Savior really presents us in a profound way to seek him when we lose our sense of self, when we lose our sense of relevance, uh, when we lose our sense of prayer. And uh, I, I begin with this exhortation on Sirach where he, he tells us very simply, if you come forward to me and remain in justice and fear uh, and prepare yourself for temptation, you're going to be fine. You will be steadfast. You will be able to incline everything that you go through to me if you trust in me. And this really becomes just the the, the principal beginnings of, of not losing our spiritual relevance and that Christ the King really lays that foundation because only the King would offer himself up for his subjects. Only the King would really place himself before any calamity to protect us from any temptation, any hurt, or anything that may try to lead us away from him. It's such a foreign concept to us, first of all, yep. uh, because there's not that many kings left in the not that many uh, yep. places that have kings as their you know, the monarchy is their governmental structure. Yeah. And I think when we look around at the Democratic Republic you and I live in, we don't think to yeah. ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, you know, these are uh, leaders full of mercy and mm-hmm. self-sacrifice. Correct. <laughs> I mean, sometimes there are great public servants, right? But yes. we don't think uh, often, like, when a battle happens, our elected officials are going to be out front. No, they're going to be very comfortable somewhere watching a drone do it or like sending soldiers. Yes. Like there's, it's just a very different concept. And so I think it's hard for us to wrap our minds around this concept of Christ as king, also because we didn't vote for him, right? Correct. He has sovereignty whether we decide to acknowledge it or not. Correct. And uh, be- because he's omnipotent, because obviously he's not limited by time or space, but we, we see this mystery that can be understood actually through our senses, our intellect and will, that, that there was a man that walked on this earth that for whatever reason, whether you are a believer or not, whether you are a Catholic or non-Christian or, or uh, anything you might proclaim other than God, unfortunately, that this, this mystery did occur and that this man, for whatever reason, cra- claimed to be God, claimed to be king, and yet offered himself up for us. There, those are three beautiful qualities to, to really emulate. And for us, say, for example, as fathers uh, to our families, we reflect that kingship. We're called to really protect our family, our spouses, our children, and to lay our life down for them if necessary, but also lead in virtue lead in holiness and sanctity. And this is, I think, one of the beautiful elements that we can unwrap on this Feast of Christ the King coming up because 
It, it really describes the, this beautiful victory of Christ over death, over the devil, over his temptation. It also lays the groundwork to what we're called to be, what we're called to do. Even St. Paul alludes to this in my, in, my, in my piece that I wrote, that he calls us that in order to, for us to stay upward towards God, uh, all destruction will come to those who don't, and that we're called to be really joined to him and to remain with him and to realize that we are lowly, but he is king. And because of our lowliness, he brings us up to that kingship. I think the, these are things that we just uh, need to hopefully reflect on as we, as we try to grow closer to him and avoid uh, losing our spiritual relevance. Well, and also, too, I mean, to understand that Jesus as king is not merely laying down rules from us. He's modeling everything mm -hmm. that he wants us to be and do. Uh, and to to show us he came down from heaven <laughs> and by the power of the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became one of us, right, yes. to demonstrate, uh, to, to live this out, to show us, and, so that he could invite us to, to be like him. Uh, I mean, that's... That's a that's a different level. So uh, it's a it's a great thing to reflect upon as we head towards the feast of Christ the King. Marlon De La Torre, if our listeners want to connect with you, read your posts, and get ready for the end of this liturgical year and the beginning of the next, how do they do so? Uh, they can uh, look me up on knowingisdoing.org. All right, and uh, you uh, you take it easy this weekend on those on those football snacks. I mean, I will it's going to be very intense. It is. It is. I'll, be, and, I'll uh, be biting my nails. You and that state you used to live in going against each other in football. Not a problem. Go Bucks. All good. Go Arlen. Bucks. Go Bucks, Annie. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Did you just call him Arlen? Did you leave the, I did. the letter M off of his name because I'm Anna of Ohio State playing machine? Yeah. Yes, that's right. I did. <laughs> Everybody's linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Check out the show notes and find out more. Half past the hour, here's Anna with news. Good morning. Pope Francis has penned a letter expressing deep reservations about the direction of the Catholic Church in Germany, saying their so-called synodal way is threatening to undermine the unity of the church. The Catholic News Agency reports the Holy Father made the assertions in a letter to four German Catholic laywomen, which was published in the German newspaper Welt today. He said... I, too, share concerns about the numerous concrete steps that large parts of this local church are now taking that threaten to move further and further away from the common path of the universal church. He said, instead of looking for salvation in ever new committees and always discussing the same topic with a certain self-absorption, open up and go out to meet our brothers and sisters, especially those who are on the thresholds of our church doors on the streets, in the prisons, in the hospitals, in the squares, and in the cities, end quote. Tomorrow, Pope Francis will be meeting with families of Israelis held hostage, as well as with family members of Palestinians in Gaza. The Holy See said the meetings will take place separately after his general audience tomorrow. This coming as the White House continues to secure the release of host continues to try to secure the release of hostages being held by Hamas in Gaza. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby, however, told reporters more work needs to be done to broker a deal between Israel and Hamas. The Franciscans who care for the holy sites in the Holy Land are appealing to the faithful for support. Father Francesco Paton, in his statement on their site, say the lack, says the lack of pilgrims in the Holy Land in this time of war has led to closed economic activities, difficulty traveling to work, and makes daily life and the possibility of having a dignified life 
difficult. He said, quote, in this dire situation of conflict that the Holy Land is experiencing, it is urgent that we Franciscans stay close to the Christian communities who live in this land. The Vatican's Secretary for Relations with States is visiting South Korea this week to mark the 60th anniversary of diplomatic relations between the Holy See and South Korea. From Vatican Radio, Francesca Merlo reports. Archbishop Gallagher's trip to South Korea from the 20th to the 23rd of November highlights once again the Church's attention to the Asian continent, which is vital to finding new paths of peace in a world torn apart by fratricidal wars. In addition to the institutional meetings with the Korean Prime Minister and the Vice Minister for Foreign Affairs, Archbishop Gallagher will speak at a symposium organized on the occasion of the 60th anniversary of diplomatic relations between the Holy See and South Korea. The theme of the symposium was indicated by Pope Francis during his trip to Seoul in August of 2014, being custodians of memory and custodians of hope. Archbishop Gallagher will also meet informally with some members of the diplomatic corps. Among the various religious appointments, the Archbishop will celebrate Mass at the Seo Somun Shrine, which commemorates the early Korean martyrs. 103 Korean martyrs were canonized by St. John Paul II at the site on the 6th of May 1984. The visit is intended to be a concrete sign to continue the path traveled over 60 years of diplomatic relations, with the courage to trace new paths of peace, as requested by Pope Francis on the 16th of September when he met with a group of Korean faithful. On that occasion, the Holy Father said, I would like to invite you to rediscover your vocation as apostles of peace in every sphere of life. It is the stimulus to become companions on the road and witnesses of reconciliation. It is a credible testimony that the future is built not with violent forces of weapons, but with a gentle one of proximity. I'm Francesca Merlo. Former First Lady Rosalind Carter will be laid to rest next week. She passed away Sunday at the age of 96 after being diagnosed with dementia back in March. The Carter Center announced cer ceremonies celebrating the life of Mrs. Carter will be held starting November 27th in Georgia. The public will be able to pay their respects as she lies in repose in the Jimmy Carter Presidential Library and Museum in Atlanta. That night, a private funeral service will be held November 29th at the Carter family residence in Plains, Georgia. The federal government is investigating an oil spill off the coast of Louisiana. An underwater pipeline may have sent more than a million gallons of oil into the Gulf of Mexico. There was a reported slick three to four miles wide. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 past the hour. To keep Pro-Life Radio alive next year, Sacred Heart Radio listeners will begin by raising $60,000 on Wednesday, December 6th. So ask everyone to listen now and to help us raise $60,000 on December 6th during our Advent Pledge Drive. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Treating customers with integrity for over 90 years for heating, air conditioning, water heaters, plumbing, and more. Schneller Knockelman at skpha.com. SKPHA.com. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life. 
while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this feast of the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary in the Temple, Tuesday, November the 21st. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Well, expect rain this morning. Have all your rain gear ready. Right now, temperatures in the mid-40s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, rain likely this morning, then spotty afternoon rain and a high of 57 degrees. Tonight, mostly cloudy and dry with an overnight low of 40. Mostly cloudy tomorrow with a high of 47 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, rain diminishing with a few showers this afternoon and a high of 55 today. Overcast with drizzle possible tonight and an overnight low of 39. Mostly cloudy tomorrow with a high of 45 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Chris Frank, Chief Mission Officer for the National Eucharistic Congress. Chris, good morning. Good morning, Matt. So I wanted to talk about the day passes you guys are offering. I think this is probably going to be a relief, especially to uh, the people who live just a couple of hours or, or more, you know, our Sacred Heart Radio family, who don't want to be yeah. invested in the entire thing of this and pay the full price for all of this stuff because it can be a big investment with hotels and if you're feeding a family of seven and so on and so forth uh what's the opportunity that you guys have put back out there yeah no and and, and you're right it's, it's all day passes and over the past few you know weeks and months we, we heard a growing number of people saying this event sounds great we want to go but it's long or it's expensive and it is long it's five days and things cost money these days and it was it's hard to keep the price down but we've been hustling behind the scenes trying our best to come up with solutions and fundraising so that we could do something to help people out and so the solution we came up with was was the day pass option and so we're still going to sell the the full pass option the five day pass but for those who just want to come and and see what this is about or be a part of it because of the the schedule that they have or the cost we we can now kind of break it down to single day passes and so starting wednesday uh passes will be 49 dollars to come to that opening session thursday friday if i remember correctly the passes are 95 dollars. and then if you want to come for the weekend our our big day saturday and then the closing mass on sunday that weekend pass is going to be 125 dollars. so it's much more affordable you come in, you see the speakers you like, you'd be a part of this historical event, and, and hopefully it's a blessing for everybody who's involved. 
Well, let's be honest. Uh, if you want a good Eucharistic Congress, you need to involve families. <laughs> and that's the people that's right. who usually, the second the prices go up or the second the commitment level goes up, that's usually who has to tap out, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And even with this shift, I, I think the the shift that I was most excited about in this new plan and this new offering for the church is that kids 12 and under are free. And so we want this to be family-friendly. We want families to come. And so yeah, we're trying our best to make this um, an event that everyone can attend. Well, and I think that's so important because, you know, let's be honest. When it comes to something like this that's this big of a deal that has this this much press behind it, I mean, we've, we've committed to try and give as much, you know, highlighting to it as possible here on the Sunrise Morning Show because it's such an important thing because we know what it's like. We know that if a lot of our family members and loved ones understood the Eucharist, they would they would be at mass with us, right? right. But we also understand right. that, like, you know, we we want to uh, we want to point to something that people can actually do. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you, and I, I think this event. I, I was actually just in New York this past weekend doing a, a church event, and there was there was a buzz, and there was people talking about this this moment in the church, and even those who already kind of said we can't can't make it or whatever, they they're excited for this this event for the Congress, for the revival, for all the things you were saying. Like they, they want to see what God's going to do in the church, and they feel like this is a new springtime for us, a new opportunity. And so I'm excited, and I really hope that people come and they participate. And more than that, uh, I really hope God has something special in store for us. Well, I can tell you that he always does, but I never know exactly how it's going to play out. That's, <laughs> um, that's right. That's right. Tell me about the Solidarity Fund. Yeah. Even with bringing the prices down with the day passes, um, we know that there's still going to be some people who just can't make the, the numbers work. And so, like I said, we've been hustling behind the scenes, and, and the bishops specifically have really stepped up to make, this, to make this happen. But over the past year, we've been fundraising, and we've, uh, we've fundraised $750,000, um, and that's going to go towards the Solidarity Fund. That's going to be scholarships for people to come and attend the event. And so uh, three-quarters of a million dollars is just going to be given to those people who want to come but can't afford it. Is that the – so So here's what I'm really wondering because yeah, uh, I know that there are a lot of incredible people in my parish, and I know that there are a bunch of incredible people in all kinds of parishes who would be the kind yeah. of person that I would want there praying, but I don't want yeah. them – to have to go through the walk of shame to go say, hey, I can't afford X amount of dollars. Yeah. Can you spot me? Is this the kind of thing that a pastor could reach out to you and say, hey, there's, there's this family that I want yep. to have them go. Can a pastor reach out on yep. somebody's behalf and spot somebody and ask you all? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So actually the way the system is going to work, and we're still putting together the final final pieces here, but it's going to go live in January in early 2024, and you'll be able to go to our website and you'll be able to register and state your needs and why you're applying for the funds. And then from there, it'll go to the committee, and funds will be allocated and delegated accordingly. And so, so we, we think we have a good process, a fair process, but, but we want this to be something that, that has no shame, that has no you know, negative connotations. Uh, God has given so much to us, and the church has given so much, even on the financial end here as we've gone and fundraised. And so we want to be able to give that freely. That's why we've raised this money. That's why this is uh, coming to fruition. So, um, yeah, for anyone who might be like on the fence and is feeling kind of sheepish about this, please don't. Um, we, we would really love you to come take advantage of uh, this opportunity. Well, all I can say is that 
if you having seven kids makes it hard for you to go to a five day conference, that's not shame. That's honor. <laughs> that's exactly. all I'm going to say. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so for our listeners and our, especially our pastors or DREs who want to maybe like look into this um, and figure out how to make it more available to families uh, who they think would be great for it, uh, how do they do so? Yeah, so you just go to our website, eucharisticcongress.org, and uh, again, the Solidarity Fund will have more information in January, but you can see the schedule, you can see information about the day passes, and everything else we have lined up for the event itself, again, at our website, eucharisticcongress.org. Linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Chris Frank, thank you for your time. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. God bless. All right. We got Daniel Bean on the line next. It is 16 till. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs? Have you ever felt there has to be a better way, but didn't know you had any options? If you answered yes, I've got some good news for you. There is a better way and a more affordable way. Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is and put some money back into your wallet at the same time. Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-334-3245. That's 844-334-3245. Solidarity HealthShare. 844-334-3245. We know a lot of you love anything pumpkin-flavored, and others, well, not so much. But the Mystic Monks of Wyoming are taking care of both of you with their coffee. That's right. Their seasonal favorite pumpkin spice blend is available, along with other normal flavors. And when you purchase them after clicking the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you earn us a commission. While you're at our site, pick up a Sunrise Morning Show mug in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. The most original and exclusive Catholic content is on EWTN Radio. What a great grace it is to have the opportunity to use the airwaves for the honor and glory of God, to be able to talk to the hearts of individuals and meet them where they are in their relationship with our Lord, and also to encourage them forward. Women of Grace with Johnette Williams. This morning, 11 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. On the next More to Life, all stressed up for the holidays. Worried about holiday get-togethers? We'll help you find your peace. That's later today on More to Life. Now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. 14 till. Here's Anna with headlines. Pope Francis has written a letter in a German newspaper expressing deep reservations about the direction of the Catholic Church in Germany and their so-called synodal way. The Franciscans who care for the holy sites in the Holy Land are appealing to the faithful to help them support Christians living in the war zone. And former First Lady Rosalind Carter will be laid to rest next week. Next newscast in about 15-ish minutes from now as the Sunrise Morning Show continues here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. It's 13 till. Danielle Bean joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. 
connect with her at daniellebean.com. Listen to her girlfriend's podcast through goodcatholic.com. Join the community at girlfriendscommunity.com. Good morning, Danielle. Good morning. How are you? I am good, and I'm excited to get to talk to you about what you said was the serious business of pie. (laughs) Now, Danielle, I know there are those who just really aren't into cooking or baking. I don't know why, but you are definitely not one of them. What joy do you get from from baking, especially for your family and friends? Yeah, I think there's just something in, in, in our hearts that's kind of built in there to, especially during the colder times of the year where we've got you know, the sun is setting here in New Hampshire at like 4.30 p.m. It is dark out. We just want to bring some light and some warmth and a little bit of joy into our homes, into our families, into our everyday routines. So baking is a beautiful way to do that. You're providing sustenance for your family. You're providing sometimes a treat for your family. It's just a, a beautiful and traditional thing that I really love to do. So I, I like to look at kind of traditional American baking recipes, and some of them are kind of crazy. They used to put all kinds of crazy things in pies. But I like to use those old-fashioned recipes, though, to get back to the basics, especially around Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving is such a feast of tradition and that you know, a celebration of exactly that, like giving thanks for all the good things that God gives us even in the darkest days of the year. Absolutely. So why exactly, though, are pies serious business, Danielle? (laughs) Well, I do take them seriously. (laughs) You know, when I was a girl, my mom baked pies, but she wasn't wasn't a fanatic about it, but she, she enjoyed baking quite a bit. And I remember just watching her as she kind of like rolled out the dough and crimped the crust and and she did it so perfectly. These are the kinds of hand skills that you can have after spending years practicing something. And I remember my first awkward attempts at trying to roll out pie dough, and it was pretty terrible. And I remember talking to my mom about it, being frustrated about it, and she was very encouraging of me, telling me, you know, as you do things over time, you get better at them. And uh, sure enough, that is so true, and it's something that I really kind of appreciate about kind of culinary arts in various ways, whether it's you know, um, you know, chopping up vegetables or if it's baking a pie for Thanksgiving. These are just everyday basic life skills that we can get better at doing. And they're the kinds of things that every human being needs, right? Every human being needs sustenance, needs food. So working out ways of increasing our skills to be able to do that and do that in a pleasant and enjoyable way, I think is really what it's all about. What's your favorite pie? Oh, Gosh, you're asking me to pick like my favorite child here. No, I, I can't understand. do that. Yeah, no, you've got no. eight of them too. <laughs> I know, but I have to say pumpkin pie this time of year. Nice. Okay, I have yeah. seasonal pie. So, yeah, sure. pumpkin pie definitely wins this time of year. And I share a recipe on my website that came from an older neighbor of ours many years ago when I was growing up. And I've held on to it ever since. It really is just the all-around best recipe, and I love it. That's fantastic. We're going to get that recipe here in a second. My favorite pie is my little sister's apple pie. Um, it's just delicious. I'm curious, when when you make fruit pies, are you like mm-hmm. a, I don't know what, I don't, I can't believe that I just put myself into this position. I don't know what all of the names of the, the like, the top of the pie, like, lattice or, like, oh, lattice solid. Uh-huh. Do you like to do, like, little yeah. decorations when you poke all the holes? All of the above. 
Yeah. What's your... well, all of the above, yeah. But, you know, one really fun thing, and I'll just throw this out there in case anyone wants to try because it's super easy and it looks really kind of impressive and fun, is for your top pie crust, just roll it out like you usually do, and then use a cookie cutter to cut out pieces that you just oh. place on top of the pie. Yeah. I do that with a leaf-shaped cookie cutter, and it comes out really cool, and it's a lot of fun to have that for Thanksgiving. Nice, nice. Yeah, my sister, my older sister does that with her pumpkin pies. She puts little pieces of dough on top. I know that might be anathema to you, but it does look I, really I can't pretty. imagine putting a top crust on pumpkin. Well, no, me? not like I, a whole <laughs> top crust. It's just like little okay. pieces so that there's like okay, a decoration okay. in there. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, yeah. It's very pretty. That's very legit. Pretty. I like um, that. So can I go buy a crust at the store, Danielle, or should I make it from well, scratch? You can. You can. I mean, you can. <laughs> I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it. I, you know, pie crust is one of those things that I, I realized we, we kind of put on this high pedestal, like, oh, I can't possibly do that. And, and yet it's one of those basic life skills that I think is just, it's so true that you just get better at it by doing it. You know, years ago, I realized that they have these pie crust mixes where you add water to it. And I'm like, well, you're already doing the work of making the pie crust. Yeah. You might as well put together the, the dry ingredients with the fat and mix yeah. in the water yourself. <laughs> so I think it's so important to just realize that this is a basic skill. You can so learn it and, and don't be afraid of it. But no, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna look down on anybody who's buying their pie crust. You know, you gotta do oh, what you I gotta will. do. And you, Absolutely, I'll look family. down on them. No, I'm just kidding. But the <laughs> um but there is something to be said for working with your hands and actually being involved, I mean, you could say the same thing about like gardening and and just being in touch yeah. with the food that you're eating. Absolutely, I think that is so important to know. And I think that the more that we can do that, the better off we're going to be. Really, you know, knowing the source of your food and creating things from scratch, and maybe your schedule isn't going to always allow for it. But especially on a holiday, maybe take the time and make something from scratch that you wouldn't normally do. And it's a beautiful way to kind of pause, appreciate the slow process of creating food, appreciate the effort that goes into it, and be thinking about and praying for your family as you do that. It's a beautiful gift that you can give to your family. Yep, absolutely. It's a form of work which has dignity. So give us the recipes here, Danielle. I know you've got a, a simple pie dough recipe for, for newbies and also uh, that pumpkin pie recipe you mentioned. Yeah. So, I mean, I think people should just go to daniellebean.com slash recipes, which is, that's, this is a secret, this is a secret. Um, I was going to say, here, there's okay? nothing on the top about that. Like yeah, you're... yeah, no, that's a cheat code on my Ooh. website and you can get the recipes that way. I'm only sharing it with you and me and anyone who's listening. So. Nice. <laughs> Danielbean.com slash recipes. And these are, if you go into like the baking section, I have my pie crust recipe there, my um, pecan pie and pumpkin pie, all of those things are there. Oh, wow. You can find those that There's I really enjoy. Here. And there is, and I've only put recipes on there that I truly love and that truly work. You know, I, I, I get frustrated by collections of recipes that aren't ones that are tried and true. And so you can count on the ones that are shared there. Awesome. Matt, have you looked at this? Did you uh, put this in the, the show day. notes? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's in the show notes. Okay, good. Um, I'll put it, well, it's in the show notes from a couple days ago, but I'll put the link back out. Uh, but it's just daniellebean.com/recipes. I know, but and, still, uh, it's nice when people can just like go to one place and find everything in our show notes. I really want someone to make me her snickerdoodles. Yes, I'm a I'm a sucker for snickerdoodles. I love cinnamon sugar things.
you know, I had a, uh, there was a priest that uh, I was privy to his experience recently where he talked about um, actually the, the um, I believe it was the Feast of Corpus Christi. Okay. And he said something to the effect of, listen, I don't have much family left. You know, I don't have, uh, you know, the greatest health anymore. I don't have all these other things. I don't have uh, some lady at home baking me cookies. All I have is the Eucharist, and that's all I need. <laughs> and then, like, the next week, like, it's he just got loaded down with people baking him cookies. Baking him cookies. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. But the point has stuck with me, by the way. he still only needs the Eucharist, ladies and gentlemen. It, I mean, I cookies he, are nice. I think he probably shared those cookies with lots of people. Yeah. But at any rate, I'm sure there were snickled, snickerdoodles in the Snickle mix. Snickledoodles. Snickledoodles. Snickle. I can't even say it. Yeah. Sorry, I just want to wish everyone a happy feast of the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary, particularly oh, we'll talk about it our hour, Eastern Catholic brothers and sisters. This is one of the 12 great them. feasts on the Eastern liturgical calendar. I'm not sure why the West doesn't um, uphold this as big of a feast as it is, but think about it. The woman who became the temple of God enters the temple. We'll talk more about it with Steve Ray next hour. Please do stay with us after the break. It's three minutes till. Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home to Faith when Dr. Joseph Salop will report the latest news from the National Catholic Bioethics Center. Alan Migliorato will share the latest adventure Catholic parenting tip. I'll reflect on the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary in the temple. With frequent traffic and weather, that's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Support is for MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Fred Espenchide Plumbing. For plumbing and remodeling, Fred brings 55 years of experience to his work. Licensed in Ohio and Kentucky. Fred Espenchide, your pro-life plumber. 859-441-0950. 859-441-0950. I have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests serve for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. 
Thank you. And God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. Hi, I'm Mara Cagney Tipton with the Cagney Family and Kowal Banker Realty. Proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Are you a first-time home buyer or seller? We're looking to build your dream home. We can help you at any phase of life. 513-720-1411. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. Insured, screened, and drug-free employees deliver service with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-MOLLY-MAID or at mollymade.com. Molly Maid, a clean you can trust. This is Father Benedict Kroll, the Director of Mission Advancement for the Angelicum in Rome. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. continue on this Tuesday, the 21st of November. It's the Feast of the Presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, you are our creator and our redeemer. You are our beginning and our end. You're the joy of our salvation. God, our Father, you receive the dedication of the Blessed Virgin Mary as an offering made in love. Through her intercession, gather all people to yourself through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. It is a better way to start a Tuesday in a rather convoluted week. It's always a little bit weird, you know, when you got a holiday on a Thursday. It makes everything kind of strange with school and, you know, who's in, you know, traveling, all that stuff. Well, we are praying for you that you can navigate it well. Uh, I'm Matt Swaim. I don't know if I mentioned that yet. Anna Mitchell will have the news. Paul Lockman is at the controls. Travis has got a video feed up and running. You can access it in the show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com. It's on YouTube as well. We'll talk to Colleen Pressbridge about the Jesse Tree for Families. Josh Rudiger is going to be along uh, with us as well. I'm uh, going to talk to Josh uh, about Ascension Press's uh, app, which if you don't have it, um, there's lots of pretty cool stuff on there. Uh, you've probably heard a bunch of the cool Ascension things we've been talking about on the air just in the past couple of months. Steve Ray will talk more about the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary and look at some scriptural background to this feast and what it means and what we're celebrating today. And then Chris McGregor will get into the Office of Readings with us, so please do stay with us if you can. News of service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. Pope Francis has written a letter expressing deep reservation about the direction of the Catholic Church in Germany, saying their so-called synodal way is threatening to undermine the unity of the church. The Catholic News Agency reports the Holy Father made the assertions in a letter to four German Catholic lay women, which was published in the German newspaper Welt today. 
He said, quote, I, too, share concerns about the numerous concrete steps that large parts of this local church are now taking that threaten to move further and further away from the common path of the universal church, end quote. The head of Hamas's political bureau says the group is nearing a truce agreement. The response was delivered to officials in Qatar who have been mediating for the release of hostages with Israel and the United States. Any possible deal is expected to include the exchange of hostages for Palestinians who are being held in Israeli prisons. The newly appointed Archbishop of Homs, Syria, Julia, Julian Morad, has said a two-state solution is the only way toward a just and sustainable peace in the entire region. From Vatican Radio, Lisa Zingarini reports. In his comment on the dramatic events of the past five weeks, Archbishop Murad didn't mince his words. If you want to see hell, you have to come to Lebanon, Syria, and now especially to the Holy Land, he said. The Syrian Archbishop, who became internationally known in 2015 when he was kidnapped by the Islamic State in Syria, decried the ongoing carnage of civilians in Gaza as well as the killings and the violent abductions of the hostages perpetrated by Hamas in Israel. He emphasized that evil cannot be eradicated by evil. We were shocked and distressed to see bombs drop on hospitals in Homs and Aleppo in Syria. Today, it is happening again in Gaza, he said. Archbishop Murad insisted on the two-state solution advocated by many, as both Israelis and Palestinians, he said, have a right to have a state of their own. Archbishop Murad further noted that Palestinians are victims of violence not only from the Israeli army, but also from other countries, including Arab countries that have their own political agendas. If the world tolerates and justifies this, it confirms injustice and takes away hope, he said, warning that this unresolved question concerns the entire globe. We will be asked to account for the future of the world with all the consequences of war in terms of mass migration, refugees and depletion of vital resources such as water, he said. I am Lisa Zingarini. Former First Lady Rosalind Carter will be laid to rest next week. She passed away at the age of 96 Sunday afternoon. She had been diagnosed with dementia back in March. The Carter Center announced ceremonies celebrating her life will be held starting November 27th in Georgia. The public will be able to pay their respects as she lies in repose at the Jimmy Carter Presidential Library and Museum in Atlanta that night. A private funeral service will be held November 29th at the Carter family residence. A new poll shows Donald Trump holding a lead over President Biden in the race for the White House. Mark Mayfield reports. The Harvard Caps Harris poll shows Trump receiving 48% support among respondents compared to Biden's 41%. 11% of respondents said they were unsure who to vote for. Trump gained two percentage points since a similar survey conducted in October. Recent polls have shown Trump outperforming Biden in a handful of the critical battleground states. I'm Mark Mayfield. And more than 55 million people are expected to travel more than 50 miles this week for Thanksgiving. That according to AAA. Its forecast shows an increase of more than 2% compared to last year and is the third highest Thanksgiving forecast ever recorded. Most Americans are expected to drive to their destinations. However, AAA says... 
4.7 million people are expected to travel by plane for the holiday. Matt, what are you doing? I'm driving. Driving. I could use a plane. I suppose I could use a train. Mm-hmm. Or I could use an automobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, when are you so, leaving? Uh, I'm leaving, I think, tomorrow after the radio show. Nice. So uh, my goal is to, to do radio with the Sunrise Morning Show family, and then uh, then off we go. Off we go. So uh, I'm traveling like three, four miles, five. I thought I you were going to say blocks. How many blocks? Not are you quite. Not this that year? I wish that would be even better. No, it's It'll about a 20 minute drive between my house and my parents. No, I get to go through the through the Smokies during uh, leaf nice. peeping season. That's so awesome. all the all the tourists will be uh, clogging up the. You know, clogging up the highways. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be among them because I'm from there, but I don't live there. Are you bringing anything to the dinner? Are you just uh, letting I don't your know mom gonna, do all the cooking? I'm not going to bring anything there, but I do plan to bring something back. You know is what that is? The Your dad leftover tur- garbage can turkey? I was going to say my involuntary southern accent. Oh, yeah. So Well, we'll look forward to that on that's the one thing I. That's the one thing I will <laughs> definitely bring back with me. I pick it up, and I, I can't help it. It comes back with me, Love at least it. for a couple days. Love it. Well, today is Tuesday, November the 21st. It is the Feast of the Presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary and the Temple. The Theotokos, the Mother of God, enters the Temple. Our Lady of the Presentation, pray for us. Colleen Pressprich is joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. She's got a new book from our Sunday visitor called The Jesse Tree for Families. Colleen, good morning. Good morning. So first off, what is the Jesse Tree tradition and why is it done during Advent? Well, the Jesse Tree tradition is actually dates back all the way to the Middle Ages um, when you know, priests and theologians kind of partnered with artists to help a majority illiterate population understand and learn the story of salvation, right? So the Jesse tree is basically Jesus's family tree. It's a way to visibly and tangibly depict God's presence among his people, drawing us back to him from the fall of Adam and Eve all through the generations up to Christ. Um, Over, you know, centuries, it sort of became tradition to go through the Jesse tree during Advent as a way to prepare our hearts for the coming of the Savior. Yeah, to see that the fullness of time come into to realization. Why do you think this is especially appealing to children? Well, I think there's, there's several reasons. Um, the Jesse tree is an opportunity for them to meet people right? Um, Children, especially young children, are hugely relational, Mm -hmm. right? Their worlds um, revolve around people and faces and stories. Um, And so the Jesse tree kind of draws them into the story of God's family in a way. Um, The Jesse tree also has kind of this concrete, tangible aspect to it, because typically the way you do it is that you read you know, a reflection, a story, and then you take an ornament with the symbol from that story and you hang it on your tree. So you're kind of showing in a very concrete way the progression of time. 
towards Christmas, Mm. um, which definitely helps kids. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You must be a Montessori teacher. You sound like one. (laughs) I I was a Montessori teacher before kids. That's awesome. That's awesome. So there's a lot of Montessori in my books. Well, yeah, that was where I was going to take it next. Um, Tell us about how you have set up this book to help parents teach their children about the family tree of Jesus. Well, so the book is set up to be very, very easy to use and very open and go. Um, So for every single day starting December 1st, you read just a very short reflection on where you meet one of the members of Jesus's family at a moment in time when they encountered God. And then um, on the next page, there's um, notes for parents, because I know that, you know, a lot of parents like myself didn't grow up in, you know, practicing Catholic homes. And so maybe this idea of talking with our kids about faith, um, maybe this idea of, you know, teaching them things that we don't necessarily feel confident in um, can be a little intimidating. So I wanted to give parents lots of context, lots of ideas for um, these are some ways you can approach this with your kids. Um, So that's all there to just sort of help inspire confidence to help those parents feel, you know, as capable as they truly are to be the first teachers of faith of their kids. Um, And then there's a set of conversation starters. Um, These aren't meant to be, you know, like question and answer like in school, but rather ways to draw your child out and to start those conversations about faith in a way that is um, relaxing, that is conversational, right? So our family tends to use them like around the dinner table, but you could do it in the car on the way to carpool or, you know, throughout the day just to get talking about faith. And uh, speaking of those ornaments, um, there is a very handy book jacket that comes with this paperback. And uh, for those of you who are watching the video stream, you can see me unfolding this book jacket that has all of the ornaments on it. And um, I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about these illustrations and, um, and, and really how the ornaments fit into this whole into this whole Jesse Tree tradition. Yeah, absolutely. So for every, you're right, there's, there are actually two sets of ornaments included with every book. One is done beautifully on that nice thick dust jacket. Mm-hmm. There's a second set in the back, too. So you kind of have two options to work with. Nice. Um, every single ornament has a symbol on it. That symbol corresponds to one of the illustrations. Um, so like for... Um, Joseph, there's a, you know, illustration of his coat is the symbol. Um, for Isaac, it's a ram's head. Um, many of these are just very traditional symbols for the people that the story is about. Um, and then really you take the ornaments, you can use them as is, cut them out, punch a hole in, add a ribbon, hang it on your tree. Um, or, you know, um, Amy Heisey, who is the illustrator, um, has a great video up on her YouTube channel of all of the ways that you can kind of turn those ornaments into heirloom quality ornaments, most yeah. of which with simple, simple Mod Podge um, and, like, wood tree slice ornaments. That's what I did. It took 10 minutes. Nice. Um, they came out beautiful. 
Um, so it's a, yeah, we wanted it to be something that families could just kind of have everything they needed. Yeah, and speaking of everything you need, in addition to the Jesse tree, there is um, a whole section on the O antiphons, which is another great Advent tradition that we have in the church. And I just want to hold up the cutest picture of baby Jesus. If you're watching the video feed, you can see baby Jesus is so darling in this book. It's called The Jesse Tree for Families. It's from our Sunday visitor, and you can find it linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. We've been talking to the author, Colleen Pressbridge. Colleen, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Likewise, it was good to have you. All right, it's a quarter past now on the Sunrise Morning Show. You know what? We should do weather. There are people that are traveling and need to know what's going on for their travel plans. So here we go. Expect some wet snow or a mix of rain and snow across the upper Great Lakes, mainly in the mid to late morning through early evening. In the northeast, freezing rain will develop in the northern and central Appalachians around midday. Snow will be likely across the Poconos and at the interior northeast. Other areas along and east of the Mississippi River will likely see rain and thunderstorms today beyond these, the lookout for strong to severe thunderstorms from the central Gulf Coast into the Carolinas. The eastern two-thirds of the nation will experience breezy to strong winds today as well. Could see some wind gusts up to 40 to 50 miles per hour. And a large ridge of high pressure will be in control of the weather across most of the west. So dry and weather, quiet weather, weather. That's quiet weather, weather. Dry and quiet weather will be in the forecast for most areas in the west because of that. All right, we're going to hit a break here. We'll be back with headlines right after this. It's 17 past here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs? Have you ever felt there has to be a better way, but didn't know you had any options? If you answered yes, I've got some good news for you. There is a better way and a more affordable way. Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is and put some money back into your wallet at the same time. Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-334-3245. That's 844-334-3245. Solidarity HealthShare. 844-334-3245. It's the season of chunky soup and chunky sweaters, which means it's also pumpkin coffee season. And the Mystic Monks have their pumpkin spice blend in stock and ready for you to enjoy. And when you go to the Monks through sunrisemorningshow.com, we earn a commission on any flavor coffee or tea that you buy. Why shell out five bucks for a tall PSL when you can customize your own at home and drink it from a Sunrise Morning Show mug that you can find in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee through sunrisemorningshow.com. EWTN is everywhere. 
EWTN Radio Programming is provided free of charge to over 500 domestic and international AM and FM radio stations. It's a great teaching tool for Catholics and non-Catholics alike. For a complete list of EWTN AM and FM stations across America, visit EWTNRadio.net. At the bottom of the page, click Affiliates. EWTN is the global Catholic network. 19 past. Here's Anna with headlines. Pope Francis has written a letter expressing deep reservations about the direction of the Catholic Church in Germany. Former First Lady Rosalind Carter will be laid to rest next week. And the Vatican Secretary for Relations with States is visiting South Korea this week to mark the 60th anniversary of diplomatic relations with the Holy See. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. And, uh, you know, you mentioned, we mentioned last hour, Father Boniface Hicks, they got 100 monks, 20 turkeys. Mm-hmm. Um, you also mentioned the Eagles, uh, mm-hmm. who uh, beat the Chiefs. And, you know, I can't help but think that, you know, Ben Franklin originally thought about the turkey. Was it Ben Franklin? The nas- yeah. The turkey being the national turkey bird. The national bird. Um, but I'm glad it's not, it didn't work out that way because that, I mean, what if we were eating eagles for Thanksgiving? Like, it would not be. You don't think we would eat turkey if it was the national bird? But, but Paul's in my ear. What is Paul saying Apparently, eagles are an endangered species. Well, at any rate. Paul, Paul is like, what? No, he's not. <laughs> Come on, let me do the bit. Come on. I think that's the real reason that we, all I'm saying is I know the real reason that we eat turkeys instead of eagles for Thanksgiving, and it has to do with, like, endangered... Well, I know I don't even know what the eagle population was when our founding fathers well, eagles, came to this... I mean, I know eagles land. are big, but... Yeah, turkey, though. That's just, like... I just can't imagine no. having a lot of meat. Well... You know? Well, that's not they where I expected this segment to go. Yeah, me either. Completely Anna Mitchell, and I apologize, but luckily we have more to talk about. After the break, it's 21 minutes past the hour. Ryan Lopez here. What do you think we need more of in our world? It's obvious that we need Sacred Heart Catholic Radio and more of it. That is why we have recently expanded to seven different media platforms. On December 6th, we invite you to join us in our Advent Pledge Drive as we look to raise $60,000. Your pledge of $10, $20, $50 a month will ensure that we can illuminate the darkness of the world with the light of Christ. So we invite you to join our mission December 6th. Or you can visit sacredheartradio.com today and click donate. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Margaret Hall, an assisted living and skilled nursing facility sponsored by the Carmelite Sisters for the Aged and Infirm. St. Margaret Hall has been providing loving care to the community for over 50 years. At St. Margaret Hall, your loved ones will receive 24-hour care from dedicated professionals with newly renovated stylish assisted living units. At St. Margaret Hall, the difference is love. On Madison Road, 513-751-5880. On the web at stmargarethall.com. Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozard Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait. 513-941-0428. Every day, members of St. Vincent de Paul, Cincinnati, answer Christ's call, providing spiritual, emotional, and material assistance to neighbors in need. 
You can help when you donate your unwanted clothing, furniture, household items, or car. Visit 421care.org. Hi, this is Patrick Cagney with Coldwell Banker and the Cagney family. We support Sacred Heart Radio. If you're just getting started with your search, looking to upgrade or downsize, we can help. 513-319-7312. The Cagney family can help in Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, and Florida. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Michael's Rosaries and Religious Articles, featuring Mystic Monk Coffee and fantastic seasonal flavors like Jingle Bell Java, Christmas Blend, and Candy Cane. 40 North Main in Miamisburg and online at stmichaelscustomrosaries.com. Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Josh Rudiger, and he is Director of Corporate Marketing for Ascension Press, and he is one of the people behind the development of the Ascension app, which you can get at ascensionpress.com slash app or in various application digital marketplaces. Josh, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. All right, so what's on the app? So the app is the Bible app. Uh, you've probably seen Bible apps before, but uh, this Bible app has the Bible in a Year with Father Mike Schmitz, the podcast. It also has the Catechism of the Catholic Church, along with Father Mike's Catechism in a Year podcast, and lots of other great features built around those two books that are so important for Catholics. All right. So uh, it's nice to have that kind of thing in an app. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to uh, the the sort of versatility of this, I imagine now that you've gotten Father Mike, you know, having done a bunch of these things, you've got a different sort of way to position this content. Instead of just saying, I can't wait till he talks about paragraph 792, uh, it's on there now. <laughs> I, I bet you that you could probably search some of this stuff if you're looking for answers and reflections on some of these passages uh, from the Catechism and the Bible. Oh, yeah, that's totally right. Um, people can search the exact catechism paragraph. They can find it right away. And then you can even see cross-links between things in the catechism, things in the Bible. Um, and then we've got lots of extras around those verses so that if you want to hear, you know, what Father Mike has to say about a specific uh, verse of the Bible, for example, it's really easy to find that right there. Um, and not just Father Mike, but lots of other wonderful Catholic uh, evangelists that we've worked with over the years. Yeah, it was a wonder because some of the uh, most fun we've had on the radio over the past couple of months is uh, the Ascension Catholic Guide to the Old Testament. And, of course, uh, prior to that, Jeff Cavins has done the Great Adventure Bible Study. Are are you hoping to incorporate some of these resources? Have you incorporated some of them already? Like how is, uh, in addition to Father Mike, what else have you got in there? Definitely. I'm so glad you brought up the Catholic Guide to the Old Testament because that's been so popular and we just want to know if our buddy dr jeff morrow is on there because he's like (laughs) so good yeah so one of the things we did is for every chapter of the bible if you're looking at it you know like a normal app and you're reading the chapter of the bible you can swipe left and you'll see information that's a quick summary of what's going on in the chapter and then how that chapter fits into the big story and that's really taken from that catholic guide to the old testament that shows you not just you know details on what you're reading, but also how it fits into the overall narrative of Scripture. And so any chapter of the Bible, even the most, you know, arcane chapters of the Old Testament, you can kind of swipe left, and then you'll see that summary, and you'll see how it fits into the story. Uh, And you'll also see information like answers to common questions people have about that specific chapter. Um, You'll see where uh, Jesus' genealogy is at that time, so who's alive, um, and 
lots of other information like that. So, yeah, the Catholic Guide to the Old Testament was a huge part of making the Old Testament um, sort of more understandable like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I love I love Father Mike, but I'm telling you, we've been having a lot of fun with the people who worked on that particular one, the Catholic Guide to the Old Testament. Going, I'm so uh, glad to hear that. So just book by book through the Old Testament, doing a segment on each book. It's just been, it's just been a lot of fun. It's been a really, really uh, rich set of conversations. So being able to have that all in app form sounds super exciting. So I imagine there's like a free version and a paid version. So what's the difference? That's right. So the free version has the full text of the Bible, the full text of the Catechism, uh, the audio Bible read by Father Mike, every episode of both podcasts, transcripts. Uh, lots of lots of stuff. Um, the guide feature that I was talking about is free for the first few books of the Bible so people can understand the value, but then it is a paid feature after that. Um, we also have about a thousand commonly asked questions about the Bible right in the text with their answers, and that's also a paid feature. And then we have 25 Bible studies with hundreds of hours of content and the audio for them, that's also a paid feature. Very cool. So what was it like to you to try and compile all this stuff? Because you're dealing already with, you know, two of the thickest books that you could possibly have to work with <laughs> between the Bible and the Catechism. But then, you know, all these reflections, like uh, what was the back end like that uh, for you? Well, I mean, it was really fun because Ascension's been publishing for 25 years, and Ascension's always had a, a great focus on the Bible. You mentioned uh, the Bible Timeline study with Jeff Caven, the Great Adventure Bible the Bible in a Year with Father Mike. So there's so much great content there that, as you said, really the challenge is just figuring out how to put it all together. But that was really the goal of the app, is to put everything that Ascension sort of <laughs> knows about the Bible in the Bible. And if we tried to do that as a print book, it would be, you know, 25 volumes. Um, and so that's why we ended up going with an app. But it's but it's been working out great. Um, one of the challenges, I guess, is just keeping it um easy to use and pretty straightforward when people start interacting with it. So we've had a big focus on that, lots of testing, um, working with over a thousand different testers to make sure that this is something people can use quickly and get and get a lot of value out of. So that was the biggest challenge was just um, taking all of that and making it accessible in an, in an easy to use way. Yeah, it is a, is a cool thing. And the, and the great thing too about uh, you know, and Jeff will tell you this, and Father Mike will tell you this, and certainly all the people who did the Catholic Guide to the Old Testament. It's not just like smart thoughts from these people. This is like stuff that has been reflected on and written about and thought through by the church through centuries. So really, by assembling it all together, you're putting together basically the way that the whole church has thought about this stuff for two millennia, which is great. So remind our listeners how they can get the Ascension app uh, and get the Bible and the Catechism in a year and all these other things that we've been talking about. Yeah, so you can open your smartphone and you can open the App Store where you get all your other apps and just search for the Ascension app. So in the App Store or in the Google Play Store, you can search Ascension app and it'll be right there. All right. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Josh. Uh, we've got you linked at sunrisemorningshow.com and encourage people to head there. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. It was a pleasure. And don't forget, you can put in your email address, subscribe at sunrisemorningshow.com, get show notes every day. Half past the hour, here's Anna with news. Good morning. Pope Francis has written a letter expressing deep reservation and concern about the direction of the Catholic Church in Germany, saying their so-called synodal way is threatening to undermine the unity of the church. 
The Catholic News Agency reports the Holy Father made these assertions in a letter to four German Catholic laywomen, which was published in the German newspaper Welt today. He said, quote, I, too, share concerns about the numerous concrete steps that large parts of this local church are now taking that threaten to move further and further away from the common path of the universal church, end quote. Pope Francis will be meeting tomorrow with families of Israelis held hostage, as well as with family members of Palestinians currently in Gaza. The Vatican announced the meetings will be held separately and both take place after his Wednesday general audience tomorrow. A Holy See spokesperson said the meetings are of an exclusively humanitarian nature. This coming as the White House continues to try to negotiate for hostages to be released. The Franciscans who care for the holy sites in the Holy Land are appealing to the faithful to help support Christians. Father Francesco Paton says in a statement that the war in the Holy Land has led to a lack of pilgrims, closed economic activities, difficulty traveling to work, making daily life and the possibility of having a dignified life difficult. He said, quote, in this dire situation of conflict that the Holy Land is experiencing, it is urgent that we Franciscans stay close to the Christian communities who live in this land, end quote. The Vatican's Secretary for Relations with States is visiting South Korea this week to mark the 60th anniversary of diplomatic relations between the Holy See and South Korea. From Vatican Radio, Francesca Merlo reports. Archbishop Gallagher's trip to South Korea from the 20th to the 23rd of November highlights once again the Church's attention to the Asian continent, which is vital to finding new paths of peace in a world torn apart by fratricidal wars. In addition to the institutional meetings with the Korean Prime Minister and the Vice Minister for Foreign Affairs, Archbishop Gallagher will speak at a symposium organized on the occasion of the 60th anniversary of diplomatic relations between the Holy See and South Korea. The theme of the symposium was indicated by Pope Francis during his trip to Seoul in August of 2014, being custodians of memory and custodians of hope. Archbishop Gallagher will also meet informally with some members of the diplomatic corps. Among the various religious appointments, the Archbishop will celebrate Mass at the Seo Somun Shrine, which commemorates the early Korean martyrs. 103 Korean martyrs were canonized by St. John Paul II at the site on the 6th of May 1984. The visit is intended to be a concrete sign to continue the path traveled over 60 years of diplomatic relations, with the courage to trace new paths of peace, as requested by Pope Francis on the 16th of September when he met with a group of Korean faithful. On that occasion, the Holy Father said, I would like to invite you to rediscover your vocation as apostles of peace in every sphere of life. It is the stimulus to become companions on the road and witnesses of reconciliation. It is a credible testimony that the future is built not with violent forces of weapons, but with a gentle one of proximity. I'm Francesca Merlo. Former First Lady Rosalind Carter will be laid to rest next week. She passed away at the age of 96 Sunday afternoon after being diagnosed with dementia back in March. The Carter Center announced a ceremony celebrating her life will be held starting November 27th in Georgia. The public will be able to pay their respects as she lies in repose at the Jimmy Carter Presidential Library and Museum in Atlanta that night. A private funeral service will be held November 29th at the Carter family residence in Plains, Georgia. 
An appeals court has struck down a provision of the Voting Rights Act. Lisa Taylor reports. The 1965 law prohibits racial discrimination in voting. The 8th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled private entities cannot bring lawsuits under a provision of the law. Legal scholars say most of the lawsuits are brought by private parties. I'm Lisa Taylor. The federal government is investigating an oil spill off the coast of Louisiana. An underwater underwater pipeline may have sent more than a million gallons of oil into the Gulf of Mexico. The third coast midstream pipeline reported a slick three to four miles wide late last week, about 19 miles offshore. That's the news. It's 35 past the hour. New Eve Foundation and Dayton Catholic Young Adults invite all unmarried women to a New Eve retreat Saturday and Sunday, December 2nd and 3rd at St. Francis of Assisi Church in Dayton. More information at sacredheartradio.com slash events. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating and Air. Water heaters, plumbing repair and drain cleaning backed by Schneller Knockelman's 100% satisfaction guarantee. Schneller Knockelman at skpha.com, skpha.com. For over 50 years, the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul has been providing food, clothing, rent, and utility assistance to people in six counties of Southern Ohio. You can join the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul in helping our neighbors with a monetary or vehicle donation, which is simple and easy. 800-322-8284 or donate online at runforthepoor.org. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Feast of the Presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary in the Temple, Tuesday, November the 21st. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air, online at skpha.com. Well, expect rain this morning. Have all your rain gear ready. Right now, temperatures in the mid-40s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, rain likely this morning, then spotty afternoon rain and a high of 57 degrees. Tonight, mostly cloudy and dry with an overnight low of 40. Mostly cloudy tomorrow with a high of 47 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, rain diminishing with a few showers this afternoon and a high of 55 today. Overcast with drizzle possible tonight and an overnight low of 39. Mostly cloudy tomorrow with a high of 45 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Steve Ray from CatholicConvert.com. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Matt. It's always good to be with you. And our son-in-law, Sean Regan, wanted me to send a message to Annie from up here in Michigan, and that Uh-oh. is Go Blue. Uh-oh. Go Bucks. <laughs> I better get control of this interview right now. Speaking of in-laws and outlaws and the like, Steve, what's your Thanksgiving celebration looking like? We're going out to, with our family. We're going to have a big uh, family dinner to this time. So we're and we have one of our favorite priests coming with us. We invited him to come too. So it's going to cool. be nice. Well, then you don't have to stare around the circle and be like, "Who's going to lead the prayer for the blessing?" You know, you got you no, got a built-in no. built-in solution. <laughs> And we know what football game we'll be watching, too. I know, indeed. Well, so, Steve, we've got the presentation of Mary today on the calendar. Now, 
Yes. This is one that, as you and I, former Protestants, we would have probably asked things like, where is the Assumption of Mary in the Bible? Where is the Immaculate Conception yeah. of Mary in the Bible? Where is the Coronation of Mary in the Bible? And so on and so forth. Those are all questions worth asking. But a question that a lot of people don't think about to ask is, where is the presentation of Mary in the Bible? Because you also have to do a little thinking on this one. Right, because it's not mentioned in the Bible, the presentation. So there's two different kind of presentations. I thought we should do that first. There is one presentation that is required of the Old Testament, that when a baby is born, they have to be presented before God at the temple. So we know about the presentation of Jesus. When he was 40 days old, he had to go to the temple. Mary and Joseph took him there. Mary had to offer a sacrifice. There had to be cleansing for ceremonial, not for sin, but for ceremonial cleansing. And then Jesus had to be presented at, to the priest at the temple. That is one that was required, and we know that that's uh, even the fifth joyful mystery. Now, there's another presentation that we're celebrating today, the 21st of November, and that's Mary's presentation because she was a miracle baby in the sense that her parents are very old and beyond child-rearing age, and they gave her the special daughter, and as a reward or as a response to that, Joachim and Anna presented Mary at three years old to the temple to live there. So that this is in the West, we call it the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. But in the East, where it really began, it's called the entry of the most holy Theotokos into the temple. I like that title much better. So there are two different presentations. So one that every every baby, especially firstborn, had to be presented at the temple. But then Mary's is a very special one. It's a dedication in the temple. And where do we find it in the Bible? We don't. But it, it is a, a document from the second century called the Proto-Evangelium of James. Very interesting document. And that document also tells us the names of Mary's parents, which we don't have in the Bible either, but that comes from the Proto-Evangelium of James from, uh, from the second century. Yes, it is, uh, it is a fascinating thing, and you know, again, that didn't make it into the canon of Scripture for a couple of different reasons, but uh, what it does illustrate is that there was a tradition uh, that people had about Mary's backstory. So, uh, yep. you know, when we talk about this presentation, I, I think it's so fascinating uh, that we talk that the Eastern Church talks about it as the presentation, the entry of the most holy Theotokos into the temple, because Mary is going to herself be a temple, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, it's so <laughs> fascinating. Yeah, Theotokos is a Greek word that means Theo means God and Tokos means bearer, one who bears God. So she's the mother of God and. It's as such, a temple is a place where God dwells. Even in the pagan worlds, that they viewed that as uh, the temple of Apollo, the temple of Zeus. or what. But, but Mary is, like you said, going to become a temple. And in her is going to be the word of God inscribed in flesh. The old Ark of the Covenant... Had the, which was in the temple, had the word of God inscribed in stone. But Mary becomes the new temple in a sense, the new Ark of the Covenant, because in her <clears throat> is going to be the word of God inscribed in flesh. And by the way, it's not too far removed from us being temples too, and we partake of the blessed Eucharist because we know that it's the body and blood of Jesus Christ. So we also become temples of, of Christ at that point when we have a partake of the Eucharist. Well, and this is why the catechism and, you know, drawing off of the church fathers and, you know, 2,000 years of Christian history talks about Mary as the icon and image of the church, because she's doing what 
basically every Christian should be doing uh, by hearing the Word of God, receiving it, and bearing it forth into right. the world. Now, I'm going to bring up one uh, that you probably have heard, and it comes to when Mary goes now as a mother to present Jesus in the temple, because, you know, one of the things that some people will say, and what you and I probably both would have said, is that ah, Mary, you know, how could we say that Mary is immaculate and sinless if it says clearly in Luke chapter 2 that she went and offered a couple of turtle doves or two young pigeons, uh, isn't she making an offering for sin? And why would she do that if she's sinless? But you're... You, there are a few different things to understand in regard to that little reference to the turtle doves and the pigeons, right? Yes, two things. First of all, is that just because Mary offers this sacrifice doesn't mean that she's a sinner. It means that she's obeying the law of Moses. The, the Holy Family obeyed the law of Moses better than anyone else, and they were required to do this. Just like Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River, and we don't say, oh, he was baptized to wash away his sins. We know that he wasn't a sinner. He did that as an example to us, and Mary does this as an example, too. She's presenting her son to the temple, and she's following the requirements of the law by offering the turtle doves. Now, the next thing we can say about those turtle doves is it shows that the Holy Family was not a wealthy family because the requirement was that you were to bring a lamb to sacrifice. But a lamb is expensive, and it's also expensive and hard to bring a lamb all the way from Nazareth, a five-day journey down to Jerusalem. So they have to buy a lamb when they get there, and that's an expensive proposition. But the law made provision for the for the poor folks and said, if you cannot afford a lamb, you can bring two pigeons. Now, the kids, you know, kids would, would trap and snare them and sell them. We know that they sold two sparrows for a penny, right? That's what the Gospels tell us. And they would catch these doves, and they would sell them also. And so that would be much cheaper. So the Holy Family was not wealthy, so they would get at the presentation. They, would, they brought the two turtle doves, we're told, in Luke, which gives us an indication that they they were not wealthy, but they but they still followed the law. And in Galatians chapter uh, 4, verse 4, it says, In the fullness of time, God brought forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, which means that Mary and Joseph and Jesus were all in a total obedience to the law and the requirements of all the sacrifices and all the obedience to every statute. Yes, <laughs> indeed. And, uh, you know, one of the last things to mention here. Uh, you know, asking about what it meant for Mary to be presented at the temple in the ways that you described, um, is that we know that Mary has some sort of interesting relationship or interesting idea of how her life is going to go based on some sort of kind of life plan, right? Even though she's yeah. betrothed to Joseph because she answers the angel's question. when they, She knows she's getting ready to be married, and when she's told by the angel, Gabriel, that she's going to bear a son and she acts confused about it, one of two things is going on there. Either nobody's had any kind of conversation with Mary about what happens when people get married and, like, have families. <laughs> like, it shouldn't be surprising. Or she's got some sort of different understanding of how her life was going to be played going to play out based on some sort of promise or vow she's made right every girl in israel would want to be the mother of the messiah and the the way normally a girl would have responded the angel comes says you're going to give birth to a son he's going to sit on the throne of his father david the answer would be oh that's wonderful i'm already betrothed the marriage is going to be finalized soon and so my baby's going to be the king that's wonderful news thank you very much angel but that's not what mary says mary has a very relatively strange answer she said how can that be since i don't know a man the implication is that uh, that i've 
pledged myself to a life of virginity. And this is, Joseph in many cases seems to be like a caretaker for Mary. Um, there's a good book out that I, I'll talk about that some other time. But but the fact is, is that Mary says, how will that be? Because I, I know not a man. And so uh, that's a very strange answer for a girl who is going to supposedly be married and have children coming up. She would have answered quite differently. So it very much seems like Mary had already decided on a life of virginity. That was not an unusual thing at the time. There were uh, those who were uh, celibate, and Mary was one of them. Yes, indeed. Well, it's a great day to celebrate uh, the yes of the Blessed Mother, the Feast of the Presentation of the Virgin Mary, and, of course, a yes that we're, we're called to model and imitate uh, into the world. So thank you so much, Steve Ray. Have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Matt. All right, we've got Catholic Convert linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Chris McGregor joins us next. Support is for MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting The Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on The Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. This is Sister Lucia Trainer of the Franciscan Sisters of the Eucharist. Catholic Radio is an apostolate that is immediate, interactive, effective, and worldwide. It stimulates listeners to follow the teachings of the church, brings scripture closer to us, helps those who wrestle with questions of conscience, and allows us to celebrate the joy of our faith every day. The world needs EWTN Catholic Radio, now more than ever. On the next More to Life, the gift of gratitude. As we prepare for Thanksgiving, call up and share what you're grateful for. That's later today on More to Life. Now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. 11 till, here's Anna with headlines. Pope Francis has written a letter expressing deep reservations about the direction of the Catholic Church in Germany and their so-called synodal way. The Franciscans who care for the holy sites are appealing to the faithful to help them support the suffering Christians in the Holy Land. And former First Lady Rosalind Carter will be laid to rest next week. You can hear news at the top and bottom of each hour right here on the Sunrise Morning Show. 
Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Chris McGregor from DiscerningHearts.com. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Anna. How are you today? I am doing fine. Excited to talk to you about this week's selection from the Office of Readings. It's for the November 22nd Feast of St. Cecilia, Santa Cecilia, as they say in Italy. And she is rather significant saint to you, close to your heart, as a parishioner in the Archdiocese of Omaha. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I actually grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and we have the the beautiful cathedral there, and a church is dedicated to St. Cecilia. And then you come to um, the uh, Omaha Archdiocese, St. Cecilia's Cathedral is so beautiful yes, and um, such a great saint. And the way you said that, it makes me sense that Santa Cecilia, maybe uh, you might have visited her home and residence in the Trastevere in Rome. Oh my gosh, yes. So my husband is uh, a musician and a singer. And so uh, when we were engaged, I got to go to Rome on a pilgrimage and uh, pray before her grave mm. to um, for him and, um, you know, touched a rosary to her tomb. And yeah, it, it was, it's powerful and beautiful, beautiful church of uh, Chanta, Santa Cecilia in Trastevere. Um, and your cathedral in Omaha, I have also been to super, super beautiful. So beautiful. Oh, it is. It is. It's uh, and it just had undergone a renovation, and it uh, it it is highlighted there by the great organ, which is the mm -hmm. the primary you know source for the Catholic worship and music and song and and um, just glorious. But you know the thing is, I do know Saint Cecilia Santa Cecilia. She wasn't necessarily known as a singer. A lot of times you right. see her in pictures with um, organs and lutes and things like that, but she probably didn't have those, right? Right. Well, yeah, that's true. And we actually don't, I don't think anyway, have anything written by St. Cecilia herself. And so when we look at the Office of Readings, we get this beautiful reflection from St. Augustine about singing. What does he have to say here? Well, nobody, um, I would have to say, unless you're a, a professional singer, a lot of times when people hear about, well, you have to sing, they there's an immediate cringe. Ooh, mm -hmm. really? Paul Lockman turns off my microphone whenever I try to sing <laughs> on the show. Not Paul, no. Paul, uh, even Paul. Oh, man. <laughs> no, but seriously, what, what St. Augustine is telling us here, it's one of those adages that it's so important to sing, but to sing in, in a true, authentic way. A one that is filled with joy. You know, the, the what is it, the psalm? It's sing a joyful song unto mm -hmm. the Lord, and he reminds us of that. But it, it doesn't say perfect. It doesn't say a perfect song to the Lord. And that's why I keep telling the choir director at St. Stephen's, my church, please don't <laughs> keep putting me in the back. That's not fair. <laughs> like behind the tall guys. <laughs> well, that said, though, uh, Augustine does have some... Some tips here for those of us who who aren't exactly great at carrying a tune um, that that we do need to to have kind of a even if we're we're not great singers necessarily, we do need to have a mindset that we are doing this for the Lord. So we can't just like dismiss the idea of singing just because we're we're not great at it. Now, he's talking about the origins of that song. And we're, you know, we've learned in the scriptures, and St. Augustine has taught throughout his writings, that, that the place where prayer emanates is in the heart. And the Holy Spirit is the one that is 
praying with groans and moanings, right? And in mm-hmm. in us and helping us to pray. And so our song really is a reflection of prayer. Our song is that if it's true and authentic, as he's talking about, it's not so much about the words. It's about the intention of your heart. It's it's a uniting with God. So it becomes this joyful song because you're united with the one you love. And even St. Cecilia, the reason why, you know, um, it's said that she's the patron of musicians is because even after the horrific attempt, the horrific attempt to uh, decapitate her, as we will say, um, in her martyrdom, she it, it wasn't successful. And so for three days, she laid in suffering. And yet all the people around her were in, um, in already grieving and mourning and sorrowful. And she was singing the Psalms. She was leading them in that because her heart, it was coming from the deepest center of her. And like St. Augustine will say in this, you get to a certain point where the syllables of words don't even matter. Mm-hmm. What matters, they, they fall away until it's almost, uh, you know, this this joyful tune that comes from the, the, the innermost self. So... And I guess, you know, sometimes I still think of my kids when they were singing in the Christmas choir long mm-hmm. ago. There's there's nothing more joyful than a bunch of kids. Yeah. Well, I was, the little ones. I was just thinking about my four-year-old trying to sing the Salve Regina in Latin. <laughs> yeah. And there the way go. that he pronounces the Latin, um, uh, not exactly the correct words, shall we say, but but so beautiful to hear those little voices uh, sing out so so joyfully and and so boisterously, if if you will. But um, I want to go back to this idea of Saint Cecilia. I was thinking about mm-hmm. what what Saint Augustine has to say in here about these cries of jubilation to the Lord, and I think, man, what joy those martyrs must have had. You know, they're being killed for their faith, and yet I just imagine the joy that they have in singing for the Lord. Well, real quick, jubilation, its meaning, it's great happiness and triumph. Mm. That's the word, triumph, because they know their destination and they're there. Wow. St. Cecilia, pray for us. Amen. We've been talking to Chris McGregor. You can find discerninghearts.com linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Great stuff over there, over at Discerning Hearts. And uh, Chris, thank you so much. And I hope you have a very beautiful and joyful Feast of St. Cecilia. You too, my friend. And I won't end this with a hallelujah because I want it to be a happy ending. (laughs) For me, my, my version of it. Love it. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Family, if you're disappointed that your recent vote for life didn't count, then let your vote for pro-life radio be multiplied many times when we come together to raise $60,000 during Sacred Heart Radio's Advent Pledge Drive on the Feast of St. Nicholas, Wednesday, December 6th. That day, your gifts and pledges will keep pro-life radio alive throughout 2024. We'll talk to you on December 6th, or to vote now, visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Donate. And thank you. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors, trusted and recommended by generations of families to sell their homes. Licensed in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Hoting Realtors, 513-451-4800 and at Hoting.com. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio.
Diamond and CBN are the most advanced cutting tools because they are the hardest materials known. These enable you to machine three to eight times faster compared to carbide while reducing downtime for tool changes by 90%. Improve your productivity when machining hard, cast, and powdered metals or difficult to machine materials. Find out more at theabrasiveone.com. That's the number one, theabrasiveone.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Johnston at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. Looking for a special gift for a loved one this holiday season? Consider an offering of rest, prayer, and a time for reflection. Give the gift of a weekend retreat at the Jesuit Spiritual Center, a time to get away from the busyness of life and embrace God's love and mercy. Call now at 513-248-3500 for more information. That's 513-248-3500, 513-248-3500. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Sunset Janitorial Supply a Catholic family business supplying the tri-state cleaning industry with commercial cleaning supplies, personal hygiene, equipment, and even machine repair. Free delivery to your business. More information at sunsetjanitorialsupply.com. I'm Father Ronald Haft from Our Lady of Divine Providence Family of Parishes. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Our way on this Tuesday, November the 21st, the Feast of the Presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary in the Temple, the Feast of the Holy, to- Holy Tho- Theotokos entrance into the Temple. Let us glorify our Savior who chose the Virgin Mary for his mother. Let us ask him in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. May your mother intercede for us, Lord. Son of Justice, the Immaculate Virgin was the white dawn announcing your rising. Grant that we may always live in the light of your coming. Eternal Word, you chose Mary as the uncorrupted ark of your dwelling place. Free us from the corruption of sin. Savior of mankind, your mother stood at the foot of your cross. Grant through her intercession that we might rejoice to share in your passion. With ultimate generosity and love, you gave Mary as a mother to your beloved disciple. Help us to live as worthy sons of so noble a mother. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning and welcome to Hour 3 of the Sunrise Morning Show here exclusively for our Sacred Heart Radio audience listening on 740 a.m., 910 a.m. Good morning to everyone listening via the Sunrise Morning Show app. 
I'm Anna Mitchell. Happy Feast of the Presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary to all of you associated with Presentation Ministries, founded by Father Al Lauer on this day. It's a great feast. You think about the Theotokos, the mother of God, as a little girl. You know, she's the Ark of the Covenant. And remember, the glory call out of God had left the temple, was not there. And here is the woman who would bring that glory cloud back into the temple just a few years after she first entered as a little girl. It is an incredible feast that we celebrate today. I'm Anna Mitchell. Paul Lockman will be along with the news and with the news. He'll be along with sports. I probably just freaked him out. Paul, you want to do the news today? No. I'll do the news. Paul will do the sports after the news. And up this hour, our Catholic counselor, Kevin Prendergast, will join us. We've been doing a series in this month of November on grief, um, particularly um, as we look ahead to the holidays and and Thanksgiving this week, a time um, of getting used to grief. Dr. Jared Stout will join us to continue our series on how the Eucharist can save civilization. Today, we're going to be talking about active participation in the Mass. We will be uh, celebrating this feast of the presentation of Mary with Dr. Benjamin Lewis from ICEL and talking about the collect for Mass today and uh, the translation, the new translation of it and kind of the balance that it strikes. Very interesting. And then Dr. Jeffrey Morrow will be along to continue our Old Testament Bible study uh, using the Ascension Press Guide. And today we will be talking about the second book of Maccabees. Three minutes past now. News of service to Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Pope Francis has penned a letter expressing deep reservations about the direction of the Catholic Church in Germany. He said their so-called synodal way is threatening to undermine the unity of the church. The Catholic News Agency reports the Holy Father made the assertions in a letter to four German Catholic lay women, which was published in the German newspaper Welt today. The White House is working to secure the release of hostages being held by Hamas in Gaza. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby, however, told reporters more work needs to be done to broker a deal between Israel and Hamas. This comes amid news reports that negotiations are nearing a deal to release some of the hostages taken during the October 7th attack on Israel. President Biden also told reporters he believes a deal is close. More than 200 people were taken hostage by Hamas last month. Meanwhile, the newly appointed Archbishop of Holmes, Syria, Julian Morad, has said a two-state solution is the only way toward a just and sustainable peace in the Holy Land and the entire region. From Vatican Radio, Lisa Zingarini reports. In his comment on the dramatic events of the past five weeks, Archbishop Morad didn't mince his words. If you want to see hell, you have to come to Lebanon, Syria, and now especially to the Holy Land, he said. The Syrian Archbishop, who became internationally known in 2015 when he was kidnapped by the Islamic State in Syria, decried the ongoing carnage of civilians in Gaza as well as the killings and the violent abductions of the hostages perpetrated by Hamas in Israel. He emphasized that evil cannot be eradicated by evil. 
We were shocked and distressed to see bombs drop on hospitals in Homs and Aleppo in Syria. Today, it is happening again in Gaza, he said. Archbishop Murad insisted on the two-state solution advocated by many, as both Israelis and Palestinians, he said, have a right to have a state of their own. Archbishop Murad further noted that Palestinians are victims of violence not only from the Israeli army, but also from other countries, including Arab countries that have their own political agendas. If the world tolerates and justifies this, it confirms injustice and takes away hope, he said, warning that this unresolved question concerns the entire globe. We will be asked to account for the future of the world with all the consequences of war in terms of mass migration, refugees and depletion of vital resources such as water, he said. I am Lisa Zengarini. Gas prices are falling this week in Cincinnati. AAA reports the average price of a gallon of regular is now $3.15. That's a drop of $0.08 in just the last week. The average cost of a gallon of regular fuel in Ohio is $3.12, though. So we're a little above average, but, you know, not too bad. I saw it for $2.99 yesterday. Pretty cool. Anyway. 8.07 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lockman. Yeah, like you said, not a whole lot of uh, sports news, but uh, there was a pretty good Monday night football game last night. Philadelphia Eagles storm back from a 10-point halftime pe- half deficit to knock off the once champion Kansas City Chiefs 21-17. to Final score, Jalen Hurd scored uh, two rushing touchdowns in the second half while Philadelphia held Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs scoreless in the final 30 minutes. Eagles improved to 9-1. Chiefs dropped to 7-3 and and have dropped two of their last three games. All right, the college football playoff rankings could see a shakeup. Florida State uh, is facing some adversity after losing their starting quarterback, Jordan Travis, for the remainder of the season, it was a nasty injury. He uh, left the game with a lower left injury, leg injury, and it was brutal. Uh, Seminoles managed to take down North Alabama to improve to 11-0, but uh, could be slipping out of the top four. Georgia-Ohio State, I was about to say Oklahoma State, but it's uh, Georgia-Ohio State-Michigan are uh, in the uh, top three along with them. Though I'm assuming... One of those two teams is going to get bumped as in Ohio State or Michigan when it's all said and done by the end of the week, which is kind of not fair, How right? How many unbeaten teams are there right now? I think there may be like four or five, uh, six, maybe, maybe six yeah. teams. Well, if that's the case, then yeah, probably. I, yeah, I, mean, I know Washington's undefeated, right? They're on the outside yeah, looking in. Florida maybe, State's number four, right? Yeah, they're undefeated. Uh, so, assuming that others like remain Texas, maybe? undefeated, know. who knows? Yeah, then yeah, I could see definitely whoever loses this game this weekend might be on the outside looking in. But the Rose Bowl is not a bad <laughs> consolation prize. No. I no. mean, certainly it's not the playoff, but and then Rose you got to you got to get by Iowa too. Whoever yeah. wins, this Iowa's one, been so. looking pretty good lately. Sure, yeah. Why not? Yeah, but next year the Big Ten expands, and it's like all in one. It's not like East West and pick the best one. Like, yeah, 
It's Michigan uh, and Ohio State are in the same division in the Big Ten right now. Yeah. But, like, next year. It'll be bonkers. They could play each other one week, the game, and then have the game a rematch in the Big Ten title game. Presumably. Ooh. It's possible. Ooh, it's possible. Be fun. Yeah. All right. It like, will be fun. <laughs> we we shall expect to see those two teams uh, by the end of uh, the season for years to come, hopefully. Because yeah. it's fun when, when both teams are good. Yeah. Let's get true. to uh, traffic now. Traffic service of Rose Automotive, pre-owned vehicles on the Erie Highway in Hamilton on the web at roseautomotivegroup.com. Take it away, Anna. Yeah, we got wet roads, and so you can expect to be slower than usual no matter where you're headed. So here are the uh, more troublesome spots of the interstates. Northbound 7175, slowing from Turfway up to the river. Northbound 471, you're on the brakes from Alexandria Pike up to the river. On the Ohio side, a little heavy on eastbound 74 from North Bend into the 75 interchange, and then you'll slow from there up toward Ronald Reagan. Southbound 75 is slowing as you head through the Lachlan split, both directions of 71, kind of off and on, heavy and slow between Pfeiffer and the Norwood lateral and outer loop of 275 on the Ohio side of things. A little slow from Ward's Corner up toward 71 in Dayton. Maybe a earlier accident, I'm not sure, but you're running slow on uh, northbound 75 from... Mm, we're going to say Dixie up toward Dryden. Thank you for tracking with me there. Dixie to Dryden. Anyway. Okay. Weather. Yeah. It's rainy. And so, like I said, the roads are wet. And morning rain will continue in Cincinnati. Then it'll be some spotty Light afternoon rain today and a high of 57 degrees. Mostly cloudy and dry tonight with an overnight low of 40. Mostly cloudy and kind of chilly tomorrow with a high of 47 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, a few showers this afternoon with a high of 55 degrees. Overcast and drizzle possible tonight with an overnight low of 39. Mostly cloudy tomorrow and a high of 45 degrees. Today is Tuesday, November the 21st, the Feast of the Presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And again, happy feast day, anyone associated with Presentation Ministries. Happy feast day, Father Al. It's 12 past. Matt? Kevin Prendergast has been doing all kinds of wonderful things in the world of pastoral counseling as a licensed counselor, uh, working in the classroom as well. And we've been going through grief and different ways to approach it. I wonder... Where you wanted to take the conversation today? Yeah, Matt. So especially with the holidays coming up here, I think this uh, maybe some helpful tips tips for people. We've been talking about maybe some things that we can do to get through grief or task of grief, and we've talked about you know one is just accepting the reality that our loved one is gone, and then uh, taking time to grieve again that you know grief that goes on for a year or two is not abnormal, right? That it it goes back and forth, it oscillates swings there's there's waves and today uh this the next task would be to adjust to a world without my beloved deceased right so there's three things that struck me in there matt one would be this uh we move from sadness in the earlier stages we still have some of that but we move more into worry and anxiety about the future so we're starting to look at the future second thing would be trying to find meaning 
and for those of us who are Catholic Christians trying to restore our faith after a death and then come up with a new identity. So that first one, worry, uh, you know, one thing that hits us right after a death is, uh, you know, whether it's in friendships and a family and a marriage, we usually divide up roles, right? Uh, so like, a, you know, one with friendship would be there, there are certain people in my life that have been very close friends. We've gone through a lot together and they know everything. And so I'm very comfortable talking with them. So when they die, which some of my friends have passed away very close, it's like, well, who do I who do I share this stuff with? I've got nobody. I don't have a confidant. A couple of years ago, my go-to confessor died of a heart attack, right? Mm -hmm. So it was difficult because, you know, I trusted him and I got to know him. And in a marriage, you know, the day-to-day -day reality, usually, you know, somebody is better at doing the cooking, like you were saying, or the housework or the finances or the repairs or has a, a certain gift with the kids. Or was the, uh, the one person who got them to get out of the house and go do something, right? And now Correct. the person who's yeah. left is has nobody helping yeah. them go do social things. That's right. And that that's the danger is that we can withdraw, right? So we can collapse and we can get stuck. And I, I think I sent you a little story. Queen Victoria uh, was married for 20 years. Her husband died when she was 42. And then she dressed in black every day for the rest of her life, the next 40 years. And she didn't really move on with her life, right? So, so when her the beloved Prince Albert died, like her life stopped at that point, right? So this idea of uh, where we worry and we can, that's where our faith comes in, of asking for some courage to deal with these, maybe I need to acquire some new skills. I never took care of the finances in the family because my husband was a CPA, right? So how do I, I step forward and do that or learn some other skills to move forward? I adapt new roles and I develop new ways to get support. So that's challenging, but God will give us the faith for that. The other part about faith, Matt, and I would really recommend, again, a lot of our readers or listeners already read C.S. Lewis's very poignant and honest book about the death of his wife after they had been married for four years. Um, he, he married late and she got cancer. And uh, so, so he tells the story and uh, a grief observed. And it's a wonderful story. And he gets at this. So C.S. Lewis was a convert to Christianity very deep faith, wrote a lot uh, in Christian spirituality and and prayer, uh, but he questioned God. And I think it's a wonderful book. It kind of reminds me very much of the book of Job, where Job's friends um, get upset with him because Job gets angry at God and curses God, right? And and there uh, C.S. Lewis is, is questioning, like, why have you abandoned me? So I think part of this next stage here of adapting to a world without my beloved deceased person is that I have to find a new faith. I have to get a deeper relationship with the Lord. And I might question and I might really be down in the dark places, but that's okay. That's, you know, part of what our faith tells us is that God will get us through that. And the last thing that would be, uh, I have to start putting some energy into what am I going to do with the rest of my life, right? So I mourn my friend. I always remember my friend. I think of the good times, the bad times that we had together. I, I'm grateful for what we shared. But I, one question I ask my clients a lot when they've had a significant loss is, if your son was sitting here, if your wife was sitting here, if your mother was sitting here, what would she tell you? What advice would she give you? And inevitably, 100% of the time, you know, when somebody is really in a bad place, what they will respond, they'll, they'll stop for a second. They'll think, well, she would tell me to get on with my life. She'd tell me not to withdraw, to 
go out into the world that you're going to be okay have your faith trust in god right so we know what those people that are close to us would say and that's i think a very helpful kind of prayer meditation is you know what would what's what's jesus asking me to do right now with the rest of my life what's my new identity going to be be like and my identity is not all defined by the loss so whether that's a traumatic loss or just a, a long you know long suffering long death coming. that somebody you goes know, through yeah as you're, as you're saying this it, it reminds me too uh to even flip that question around if i were the mm-hmm. one who had yeah. passed on how would i want you know the people in my life to go on i would not want them to like no you know just never touch any of my things right never like yeah. move on like i would i would want people to go and and live you know and have a yeah have a you know a fulfilling life yeah but sometimes like in a marriage we can feel like especially if our if we're younger and and our spouse dies like how can i ever recommit to anybody else and and of course at the beginning i can't give the person's belongings away i can't change the way the house is set up and i'm certainly not going to date again well that's part of that early stage the first year or two that makes sense five years on it doesn't make sense anymore and it's destructive so i have to engage and and so i would want my spouse to go on i don't want my spouse to pull the curtains and you know sit sit in the house and and dress in black for the rest of her life uh so why, why would i do that uh you know if she passed away first yeah, and uh, you you got some other um, great stuff to say uh, about all this. I know as we get closer to yeah. uh, into Advent and towards Christmas and beyond, and there's going to be <laughs> more conversations to be had about these kinds of things. We appreciate you, Kevin Prendergast. We've got you linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Have a wonderful day. To you too, Matt. Have a good Thanksgiving. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you, Matt. All right, it's 19 past. we got traffic and weather coming up next. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home to Faith when Dr. Joseph Salop will report the latest news from the National Catholic Bioethics Center. Alan Migliorato will share the latest adventure Catholic parenting tip. I'll reflect on the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary in the temple with frequent traffic and weather. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Bridgetown Finer Meats, the place to go for Wagyu beef. This beef is bred from authentic Wagyu genetics from legendary Japanese bloodlines. Holistically raised on local family farms, Wagyu is all natural with no added hormones, highly marbled, and absolutely delicious. Since 1979, Bridgetown Finer Meats has continually offered prime beef, top quality pork, Amish poultry, fresh seafood, and a vast array of homemade foods. Bridgetown Finer Meats, 574-3100 and online at BridgetownFinerMeats.com. What attracted me to the Catholic Corps was simply that I was looking to serve God with my whole heart, but not feeling called to the priesthood. Yeah, what do I do? Where do you go? Helping families grow in holiness, grow together, grow in truth is the solution, in my mind, the long-term solution for the world and the family. Visit the Catholic Corps consecrated communities for one week this spring and fall. Sign up today at afc.org cc. The Cincinnati Chapter of Legatus is a national network of Catholic business owners, CEOs, and managing partners facing the challenges of faith, family, and business each day. We meet once a month with our spouse for a mass, dinner, and speaker. We have the support of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati and many members throughout the parishes, including yours. We would appreciate the chance to share what we are about with you and enjoy mass together soon. 
contact us at Cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's Cincinnati at Legatus.org. 21 minutes past the hour now, and this traffic report is a service of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick and GMC in Eaton, Ohio, on the web at LarkinCobb.com. Got a new accident, right lane blocked on southbound 75 at Dixie in the Dayton area. You're stacked up back toward the 35 interchange, and uh, you are already slow running northbound on 75, so maybe this is a bit of an onlooker's delay. You're slowing from uh, before 675 up toward this accident at Dixie. In the Cincinnati area, southbound 75 remains slow as you're heading through and out of the Lachlan split. Northbound 75, mostly heavy from, we'll say Mitchell up toward Ronald Reagan. Northbound 71, 75, you're slowing from Turfway up to the Cut in the Hill and heavy on northbound 471 from Alexandria Pike up to the river. Now for weather, morning rain and some light afternoon rain expected this afternoon in Cincinnati with a high of 57 degrees. Mostly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 40. Mostly cloudy tomorrow with a high of 47. For the Miami Valley, Dayton area, some diminishing rain, but a few showers possible this afternoon. A high of 55. Overcast with drizzle possible tonight and an overnight low of 39. Mostly cloudy tomorrow and a high of 45. Now please pray with Pray with me the prayer for Ohio. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Ever-living God, you give life and desire a future for all your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community, and awaken in every heart, awe for the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life, preserving parental rights, and accompanying pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady Mother of the Family, pray for us. St. Joseph, protector of the unborn, pray for us. Dr. Jared Stout joins us next. It's 24 past. Let there be light are the first words that God spoke in the Bible. But even though we chose the darkness of sin, Father Rob Jack reflects on how God overcame the darkness by sending us the light of the world for Sacred Heart Radio's Christmas newsletter. And to bring the light of the world to everyone, use the QR card that we sent so everyone can download the Sacred Heart Radio app. Then on Wednesday, December 6th, local Catholics will prove to those pushing to silence pro-life radio that we are an immovable force by raising $60,000 during Sacred Heart Radio's Advent Pledge Drive. And with our pledge drive on the Feast of St. Nicholas, you'll meet the big man himself that delivered the Sunrise Morning show on video. You'll also read how we're planning to sweeten the deal when Sacred Heart Radio visits your parish, along with the updated program schedule and more. To receive the Christmas newsletter with the QR card, visit sacredheartradio.com and click on newsletter sign up. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Our bodies are a gift of God, a temple of the Holy Spirit. Just as the human body ought to be treated with respect and dignity in life, so it is meant to be treated after death. 
the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society can help make advance arrangements with their Catholic funeral plan. Pre-planning is especially important to those preparing to enroll in Medicare. It also ensures that you make the arrangements you want, leaving your family without the hardship of planning while grieving. Find out more at 557-2306, extension 319, or online at cccsohio.org. Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozard Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait at brosartpharmacy.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton, roseautomotivegroup.com. With us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Dr. Jared Stout. We have been going through his book, How the Eucharist Can Save Civilization, from Tan Books. Good morning, Dr. Stout. Good morning. So we are going to be talking about how we participate in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. But I think before we get to that, Dr. Stout, it is worth revisiting what we believe as Catholics when it comes to this idea of, of sacrifice and the mass, because Protestants will accuse us of crucifying Jesus over and over and over again. So can you talk about that to kick us off today? Yes. Uh, so a sacrifice is essentially a sacred offering. Um, literally, the word sacrifice means to make something holy. And so usually that's taking some of the, you know, the produce from the harvest or choice animals and offering them to God. And I think that's why, you know, Protestants are thinking, okay, Jesus died once and therefore it's it's done. It's, mm. it's over, right? You know, why would you have another sacrifice? But if we take sacrifice in the broadest sense to make something holy, Jesus enables his one perfect sacrifice to the Father, um, in which he didn't make himself holy, right? But it, it makes us holy. <laughs> he offered himself on behalf of all of humanity. And this is something that transcends time because this offering reached to all human beings, past, present, and future. We're all included in that sacrifice. And so sacramentally, you know, we see this at the Last Supper, you know, do this in memory of me. What's the this that we're doing? You know, he says, this is my body given for you. He connects the Eucharist to that perfect sacrifice on the cross. And the Eucharist enables us to enter into um, the, the cross and to receive its fruits. Well, this is something that, that Joseph Ratzinger, Pope Benedict XVI, talked about, right? I mean, we we sort of associate the idea of sacrifice with destruction, but that's not actually, even though, I mean, in Jewish times, there were things, animals or whatnot that were, so to, so to speak, destroyed. That's not actually the point of, of sacrifice. You can think of Psalm 51, hmm. you know, holocausts and offerings you sought not, but my sacrifice is a contrite spirit, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so what does that mean? It's like my life has become holy, this, you know, by being offered to you. 
in Jesus and offering his life to the Father. In a way, it expresses the fact that his life was totally for the Father, but it pulls us into it. And so we do not crucify Christ again at the Mass, but the the offering of the bread and wine, which becomes the body and blood of Christ, that does become our sacrifice because we are offering Jesus to the Father. It becomes the perfect sacrifice for us. And so it's not new in the sense that Jesus is sacrificed again because he isn't, but it's new for us, right? Because it's it's a new offering um, that we are giving to the Father and it's drawing us into the love and, and the obedience of Jesus. Mm. Can you talk about the role of the priest in this sacrifice? And I think this is where it can get confusing, right? Because, you know, you think of the, the sacrifices of the Old Testament. You had the Jewish priests come and they would offer, you know, whether it was a cereal offering or an animal sacrifice. Um, and so you say, well, how's this the offering of Jesus, right? Because you have this priest getting up at the altar, you know, isn't it his sacrifice? And we would say, no, right? The priest acts in persona Christi, in the person of Christ. So through his ordination, the ordained priest is conformed to Christ the head, to Christ the high priest. And he is not offering, like I said, a separate sacrifice from the the sacrifice of Christ. He's actually offering what Jesus himself offered. And when the priest says, this is my body, he doesn't say, this is the body of Jesus. See, we're going to offer that body again to the Father, right? You know, he says, this is my body, right? It's the one sacrifice of Christ. Um, And the sacraments in general, right, are outward signs that make present to us these inward hidden spiritual realities. And so the priest is the outward sign making the high priesthood of Christ present to us. In the Mass, you know, you see the the outward offering of bread and wine, but that is to make present to us the, the offering of the body and blood of Christ. Now, we have our own role in this as well, right? We, you know, the laity are not ordained priests acting um, according to the headship of Christ, but we are members of the body. And so when Jesus says, this is my body, right, we're actually included in that. So when the body is offered over to the Father, we are offered as well. And so when we're at the Mass, um, we should be, you know, offering Jesus and ourselves to the Father. And this really is a priestly act. So we have to, you know, understand the difference between the ordained priesthood and the common priesthood of all the faithful that we receive from our baptism. But we actually are able to participate in the priestly sacrifice in our own way during the Mass. I'm like blown away by this thought. You just said that as the priest says, this is my body. He's obviously talking about Jesus being in persona Christi. He's also talking about us. And so we as the body of Christ are receiving ourselves in a way in the body of Christ as well as Jesus. Well, Maybe we that sounds this. heretical. You should probably explain. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to be a heretic here. I'm trying to wrap my mind around it. Yeah, I mean the church clearly teaches that when we receive the body of the Lord, we enter into communion, not only with him, but all the members of the body, right? Mm-hmm. So it's communion with Christ and the whole church. So 
Yes. I mean, I, you wouldn't want to say I receive communion with myself, right? Sure, <laughs> you know, yeah. but I, I would say we receive our deepest identity. Wow. Who are we as Christians? We wow. are Christ, right? And it, as Paul says in Galatians, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Think about that from a Eucharistic perspective. Mm-hmm. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And when I receive Christ into me, I become a member of his body. So when the body of Christ is offered, yes, I'm a part of that, right? You know, and then the body of Christ is offered to the Father in sacrifice. I'm a member of that body. It brings whole new light to the idea of offering our lives to the Lord. And I mean, if only a few of us would just think about that when we're receiving the body of Christ in the Eucharist at Mass. I mean, you just wonder what going forth would mean to them. I... I'm going to have to think about this for a long time, Dr. Stout. It was just beautiful. The book is called How the Eucharist Can Save Civilization. You can find it linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. And there's so much more in here than what we get to talk to on the air. I hope you will pick up a copy. Dr. Stout, thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you. You too. Are you doing anything good for dinner? What's your job? Eating turkey. (laughs) Do you have to cook anything? I'm sure I will be, yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. We'll look forward to talking to you next time. Thank Thank you so much again. All right. It is 35 minutes past the hour now. It's time for news. Pope Francis has penned a letter expressing deep reservations about the direction of the Catholic Church in Germany, saying that their so-called synodal way is threatening to undermine the unity of the church. The Catholic News Agency reports the Holy Father made the assertions in a letter to four German Catholic laywomen, which was published in the German newspaper Welt today. He said, quote, I, too, share the concerns about the numerous concrete steps that large parts of this local church are now taking that threaten to move further and further away from the common path of the universal church, end quote. Pope Francis will be meeting tomorrow with families of Israelis held hostage, as well as with family members of Palestinians currently in Gaza. The Holy See said the meetings will take place separately after his general audience tomorrow. This coming as the White House continues to secure the release of hostages held by Hamas in Gaza. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby, however, told reporters more work needs to be done to broker a deal between Israel and Hamas. The Franciscans who care for the holy sites in the Holy Land are appealing to the faithful to help them support the Christians in the region. Father Francesco Paton said in a statement that the war in the Holy Land has led to a lack of pilgrims, closed economic activities, difficulty traveling to work, making daily life and the possibility of having a dignified life difficult. He said, in this dire situation of conflict that the Holy Land is experiencing, It is urgent that we Franciscans stay close to the Christian communities who live in this land. Former First Lady Rosalind Carter will be laid to rest next week. She passed away Sunday afternoon at the age of 96. She had been diagnosed with dementia in March. The Carter Center has announced ceremonies to celebrate her life. November 27th, she will lay in repose at the Jimmy Carter Presidential Library and Museum in Atlanta, private funeral service will be held November 29th at the Carter family residence in Plains, Georgia. 
A new poll says Donald Trump is holding a slight lead over President Biden in the race for the White House currently. Mark Mayfield reports. The Harvard Caps here. Nope, just kidding. That one's not going to work. We'll move on to sports. That's what everybody wants to hear anyway. 837 now. Sports brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Ackman. I love the transition. I, uh, yeah. you know, I didn't want to hear that story. Anyway. I didn't want to hear anything about politics. We're all avoiding it this week. All right, let's uh, go to Monday Night Football. Philadelphia Eagles storm past the Kansas City Chiefs with a twenty-one to seventeen thriller on Monday Night Football from Arrowhead Stadium. So the uh, Eagles stunned the uh, Kansas City Chiefs by keeping Patrick Mahomes and the high-power offense scoreless. In the final 30 minutes, Eagles have won four straight, sitting atop the NFC with a 9-1 record. Chiefs have lost two of their last three games, but remain atop the AFC West with a 7-3 record. All right, college football playoff rankings. Seen uh, Florida State uh, maybe, uh, maybe be on the outside looking in after losing their starting quarterback, Jordan Travis. For the remainder of the season, due to a lower leg injury, the Seminoles managed to uh, take down North Alabama and remain 11-0, but uh, could be slipping out of the top four. Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan are once again expected to be in the top three. That's a look at sports. we got more on the Sunrise Morning Show right after this. Bill Levitt here, and my advice for static-free winter listening is get the Sacred Heart Radio app by going to sacredheartradio.com and using the QR code. Then you'll hear us on your phone from anywhere and car radio through Bluetooth. If you listen to the radio while driving and 740 has too much interference, try 910 a.m. at home. Ask your smart speaker to play Sacred Heart Radio or visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Listen Live to enjoy Sacred Heart Radio static-free. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery, and he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700, online at beaconortho.com. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. To keep Pro-Life Radio alive next year, Sacred Heart Radio listeners will begin by raising $60,000 on Wednesday, December 6th. So ask everyone to listen now and to help us raise $60,000 on December 6th during our Advent Pledge Drive. Sacred Heart of our Savior, please bless us. May we now grow in your friendship, in helpfulness to others, in gratitude for your benefits beyond number. May Christly love fill our hearts, guard our thoughts, and inspire our actions. Jesus, we believe in your love for us. We trust in you and want to remain forever in the safe haven of your loving heart. Amen.
Well, it is Tuesday, the 21st of November. It is the Feast of the Presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and joining us now is Dr. Benjamin Lewis from the International Commission on English in the Liturgy. Dr. Lewis, how are you? Doing well. How are you, Matt? I'm doing well. Since we've been asking all of our Sunrise Morning Show friends and family, do you have any Thanksgiving responsibilities? Do you cook anything? Do you clean anything? Do you stay out of the way? <laughs> I think I'll try to do a little bit of all three. Uh, we're, we're having family in town, and I think we're sort of dividing up. My wife and I will uh, do some of the cooking, and my sister and brother-in-law will do some of the cooking, and then my parents, I think, will do some of the cooking, so that we're going to kind of share those responsibilities. Walk the mile and share the load. That's the way to do it. You got a favorite yeah. dish on the table? Ooh, uh, that's a tough one. I, I like green beans, but I really okay. like everything. Yeah. So, give me Give me one of everything. That's my move. Yeah. That's my move. <laughs> well, we wanted to focus on today's feast day, the Feast of the Presentation of Mary. I wonder if you could tell us um, something about the collect prayer for Mass uh, that might be kind of an interesting little insight into the translation process. Yeah. So I I, I, I want to talk about the collect because I, I, as a convert, I think you'll appreciate, and, and you know, I'm a convert too. So it's it, Mary is one of those sticking points for a lot of people coming into the Catholic Church. And I think there's a really interesting balance here in the collect prayer for Mass um, in sort of how we, how we think about Mary uh, and how we approach her. Um, and then there's, there's, yeah, there's some interesting translation angles to it as well. So I'm just going to read you. This is the collect prayer at the start of Mass for today's feast. As we venerate the glorious memory of the Most Holy Virgin Mary, grant, we pray, O Lord, through her intercession, that we too may merit to receive from the fullness of your grace. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Yeah, I like that for so many reasons, because it undoes uh, a lot of the initial objections <laughs> that one might have to how Catholics think about Mary. Uh, first of all, it points out that she receives all of this. None of this comes directly from her. Exactly. And if she's supposed to be our model, then if we think of her as you know, a Christian that we ought to imitate. That's built into the prayer, too. And two of those, right. those are two good things that I think most Christians can be okay with. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think, yeah, we're acknowledging, first of all, that it's the fullness of grace she receives is the fullness of God's grace. So I think that's, that's a good thing to sort of acknowledge, that she's receiving and we're asking to receive something that's ultimately a gift from God. Um, so it's it's tricky because we also have in in there the idea of merit, which can be kind of a hot button issue for people. You know, the idea of us meriting things or not meriting things that's sometimes a sticking point for converts too. But I think here we've we've couched this. You know, we're we're asking God that we may merit. So it's it's a request we're making of God to merit, and it's it's something we receive from God. So even merit is itself a gift of God's grace. Yeah, um, and there's the line that says, uh, you know, in crowning the merits of the saints, you crown your own gifts, Lord. Uh, ex exactly. Which is, a, which is a great way to kind of, you know, summarize that. But I want to also, while I've got you, uh, ask about something that happens in the Latin word order that you say you can't exactly like make a one-to-one -one ratio with in the English. 
Yeah. So as you know, the word order in Latin is a bit more flexible than it is in English. In English, word order typically determines the meaning of the sentence. So if you say something like, John calls Mary, if you switch those words around, Mary calls John, it's the same three words, but now you've got a completely different meaning of the sentence. But in Latin, the word order is a bit more flexible. So uh, I want to look at, in the Latin, just two words. that They're, they're just the, um, the pronouns for Mary and for us. In the middle of the prayer, we've already referred to Mary, uh, the Most Holy Virgin Mary, and we say, grant, we pray, through her intercession. Her intercession. That's the word I want to focus on. In Latin, it's ipsius, the intercession of her, of this one that we've already mentioned, Mary. And we're asking that God would grant, uh, through her intercession, that we may merit. And the, the, the Latin pronoun that's used there is nobis. So it's grant to us or grant for us. But in Latin, the pronoun for Mary and the pronoun for us are juxtaposed. They're right next to each other, ipsius nobis. So there's a wonderful sense that Mary is close to us. It's, it's, it's her for us. But we can't really say her for us in English in the middle of this prayer. We've got to somehow separate those two ideas in English. But in the Latin, they're, they're stuck right together. And I think that's a beautiful uh, that can point to a beautiful reality that Mary is both before us and she's also close to us uh, as we're praying with her uh, for God to give us the graces that he gave to her. Well, I think it'd be an easier thing if you needed to draw it out on a whiteboard and make like a flow chart, you know, <laughs> you <can make> it <laughs> yes. than it is to capture in uh, his poetic language in the English. But what a cool, uh, what a cool concept, and what a cool thing to try and wrap our minds around. And I hope that people who have not yet been to Mass uh, will hear that with a sort of fresh set of ears. Uh, in the meantime, Dr. Benjamin Lewis, uh, if our listeners want to get a copy of the Divine Office Hymnal or find out more about what you're up to, how do they do so? Yeah, you can reach out to us on the web. We're at icellweb.org. And if you want to purchase a copy of the Divine Office Hymnal, it's currently being published by GIA. Very cool. Dr. Benjamin Lewis, Director of Translation Services for the International Commission on English and the Liturgy. Have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Matt. All right, Dr. Jeffrey Morrow joins us next. Doctors all over the place around here. It's 12 till. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Gate of Heaven Cemetery, serving the Archdiocese of Cincinnati for 76 years. They extend their heartfelt thanks to the community for entrusting Gate of Heaven to assist them during their time of sorrow. Share the gift of gratitude with your loved ones this Thanksgiving by attending a pre-planning seminar November 21st at 11 a.m., 2 p.m., or 6 p.m. More information at 513-489-0300 or email community at gateofheaven.org. A wedding is a day. A marriage is a lifetime. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. This is time for a couple to learn about each other and their upcoming marriage. Based on communication, intimacy, and the family they grew up in. Find out more at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. Hi, I'm Jim Akers, board member with the Cincinnati chapter of Legatus. Catholic business leaders and their spouses meeting the challenge of balancing faith, family, and business. We meet once a month for mass and dinner, along with a local or national speaker and a wonderful venue throughout the city. 
Many of our speakers you have heard right here on Sacred Heart Radio. Please think about joining our group of Catholic leaders and become an ambassador for Christ in your business or profession. Contact us at Cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's Cincinnati at Legatus.org. It's time for our weekly Old Testament Bible study here on the Sunrise Morning Show using a Catholic guide to the Old Testament from Ascension Press. You can find it at ascensionpress.com slash Old Testament to pick up a copy for yourself. And back with us now is one of the contributors, Dr. Jeffrey Morrow. Good morning, Dr. Morrow. Good morning. It's great to be here. It is great to have you back. And we spoke last time about the first book of Maccabees. So this time around, we are on to the second book of Maccabees. If you have a Protestant Bible, this one is not in it. Um, But how does this relate to the first book of Maccabees? Well, it's a great question. So Second Maccabees covers some of the same history of First Maccabees with a little bit of a different focus. First Maccabees covers the entire Maccabean revolt against the Greek, um, kind of from a somewhat of a disinterested perspective. It's it's um it's kind of just trying to explain what happened. Whereas Second Maccabees focuses on a small section of that history with Judas Maccabeus and the revolt and the rededication of the temple and the persecution of the Jews, with a focus on the importance of following God in the temple and the liturgy. So the guide tells me that Second Maccabees was written by a different author uh, than First Maccabees. What clues do we have to indicate that? Well, the fact that it's written in a different way. So, for example, Second Maccabees is actually the only book of the Old Testament where the author or editor um, speaks directly to the reader. Okay, and so what, what he what he tells us is that. He is redacting or editing a much larger history that Jason has written. So there's a much larger history that was written of, of the event. And his editor is giving, in a sense, an inspired account, a summation of the what's most important, focusing on the temple. So that kind of gives you a clue that this is a little bit different than First Maccabees. Does that larger history exist today? Do we have it? We do not know of that. There are other books of Maccabees. There's a fourth Maccabees, for example, that... Um, has some of the some of the same stories that you have here, and it's much larger. And there are some Orthodox Christians who use that, but this is a bit this is different. So we don't actually do not have the five volume massive work that he uh, describes at the outset. Okay. No. So um, as we dive into the second book of Maccabees to get to get a handle on it, what uh, remind us of of who the main characters are that we sure. that we meet here and. And kind of take take us through the story that we get from from Second Maccabees. Sure thing. I would say I mean, there's a lot of different characters that come up. I think Judas Maccabeus. The same characters are kind of some of the same major ones you had in First Maccabees. I, mean, I would highlight Judas Maccabeus, um, um, who I grew up with. You know, calling Judah Maccabee is I grew up Jewish. So even though this yeah. book is not used in um, the Jewish in Jewish scriptures, it is actually used in Jewish tradition. Hmm. And Antiochus the Fourth. Antiochus Epiphanes, who set himself up as a divine ruler, kind of the appearance of God, if you will. Um, those are kind of two of the big, the big figures that you have. But there's also some little figures that, that occur that you don't have in First Maccabees. One is an unnamed woman who watches her seven sons get tortured mm-hmm. and killed for the faith. 
and she kind of expresses her own faith in the resurrection. And the other is Eliezer, whom we heard about today actually at Mass. It's the first reading for Mass for today. Eliezer is a holy Jewish man. He's a scribe, and he was refusing to break God's law. They're trying to force him to eat pork, and he refuses. He's even suggested to, you know, pretend, but he refuses so as not to give scandal, and he loses his life. Um, so those are some of the main characters we see. The basic book opens up with two letters that are written, and then we have this detailed history of a very small section of uh, what was covered in First Maccabees, where we hear about the, just the encouragement to celebrate the feast of Hanukkah, the feast of the rededication of the temple um, for the Jewish people, celebrating God's miraculous restoration of the temple um, against the odds, really, and the importance of celebrating fidelity to God. You mentioned that you grew up Jewish, and so yes. this was not in in your scriptures, which I think right. is why Martin Luther rejected it um, when exactly he decided right. to, uh, you know, take a look I, at what books were what books he believed belonged in in the Bible. Can you talk about you? But you said that it was part of your tradition. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes, certainly. So as a kid, we would read stories. These are not like, they're not um, official stories, but they would be stories that would be read children's books about the Maccabean revolt, all coming from first and second Maccabees. And Hanukkah, of course, is a very important festival. We usually hear about the Talmudic story about the oil, the miracle of the oil, which is not in the books of Maccabees. But the rest of it is coming right out of first and second Maccabees. Ethiopian Jews to this day use these texts as scripture, but most Jews descended from Europe do not. Um, and Luther, yeah, so Luther, he didn't like Second Maccabees at all, because you have this, this praying on behalf of the dead, and the mm-hmm. dead can help us, that sort of thing. Um, but he did like some of the Deuterocanon. He really loved, really loved the book of Judith, that all Christians should read it, just he didn't think it was inspired. Interesting. Okay, so what are the major themes that we can glean from Second Maccabees as we're reading through it? Sure, sure. I would say the focus on the temple, that there's a real emphasis that this whole history, it's not that everything the Maccabees are doing is right. In fact, their claim to rulership doesn't fit what comes before. They're Levites, right? They're not of the tribe of Judah. Um, the killing of the Jews in the in first Maccabees, for example, who weren't following the law is not necessarily embraced. You don't really have any discussion of that here in second Maccabees. But the point really is that we need to guard, in a sense, the liturgy, that the liturgy is where we have this special privileged encounter with God, and some truths are worth dying for, right? Mm. That Eliezer not only wants to follow God's law to the point of death, but he doesn't want to cause scandal, even if he himself is not going to break God's law. He doesn't want people to think that he is and then think that it's okay. Here's this old man that they ha- has a good reputation for being holy. He doesn't want to lead the faithful astray. I think those are the big themes. Now we've been talking to Dr. Jeffrey Morrow, and if you would like to pick up a copy of A Catholic Guide to the Old Testament to continue this Old Testament Bible study with us here on the Sunrise Morning Show, you can find it linked at sunrisemorningshow.com or just go to ascensionpress.com slash Old Testament. Dr. Morrow, thank you so much. Thank you. You bet. All right, that'll do it for this Tuesday edition of the Sunrise Morning Show. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. 
Support is for MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors. Equipped with the latest technology and market knowledge, Hoting Realtors can make the buying and selling process easier. 513-451-4800 and Hoting.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Margaret Hall, an assisted living and skilled nursing facility sponsored by the Carmelite Sisters for the Aged and Infirmed. St. Margaret Hall has been providing loving care to the community for over 50 years. At St. Margaret Hall, your loved ones will receive 24-hour care from dedicated professionals with newly renovated stylish assisted living units. At St. Margaret Hall, the difference is love. On Madison Road, 513-751-5880. On the web at stmargarethall.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Honda East. With evening and weekend hours designed to make servicing your vehicle easy. Honda East, just off I-275 on Beachmont Avenue. Help me, Honda East. Get the car that I want. Online at hondaeastcincy.com. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. I am Father Rufino Ezama, the Provincial Superior of the Comboni Missionaries. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Phone calls answered by the one and only Mother Angelica every Sunday at 2 and 8 p.m. Eastern on Mother Angelica Answering the Call, only on EWTN Radio.